If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Beers and Buckets. My name is Connor. I'm ex- I'm excited to have you guys join us today. We're joined by Kyle, Matt, and Dow. We're going to introduce ourselves in a second, but I just wanted to tell you that we are the only college basketball podcast that, that reviews beers and the only beer podcast that talks college basketball. You can't find this anywhere else, so like and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. We're going to get an Instagram soon, but for right now, we're going to get this ball rolling. So like I said, my name is Connor Caldwell. Um, I'm 26. I live in Holiday, Florida, which is it's really nice. It's like 20 minutes from Clearwater, so it's a it's a good area. So yeah, I'm from Florida. I'm actually from Kentucky, moved to Florida. My favorite teams are Florida teams besides Kentucky sports. Um, so I'm a Rays fan. I'm a Bucks fan. I'm a Magic fan. And uh, two of those are fun and being a Magic fan sucks. But I have Kentucky basketball and Kentucky football to carry me through all the sports seasons. You can follow me at Connor J. Caldwell on Twitter and Instagram. Don't add me on Facebook because I will not accept your friend request. All right, Kyle. How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> Since I'm the old man of the group, um, I thought I would uh, introduce myself with the old GIF or GIF or whatever you call it line. Or, uh, line. So um, I'm uh, the old man, like I said, 41 years old, born and raised UK fan, um, lived in Louisville dealt with all that nonsense for about 35 years and then moved a couple times, ended up in Northern Kentucky now. So um, I'm up here among the Bengals fans and uh, all of that, all that craziness up here. So um, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at, uh, at UK fan Kyle. And um, like I said, just born and raised a UK fan and uh, ready to talk about UK sports and college basketball. Uh, my name is Matthew. Matt, you can call me whatever. Um, on Twitter, on Instagram, somewhere on Facebook, uh, built in all the burner accounts is Big Blue Breakdown. Uh, I'm not going to tell you to follow me because I don't want to hear any complaining when you see what I um, when I post my content that I whip up. So if I ask you to come and then you come, then you get the right to complain. So if you come on your own and then you complain, I can be like, well, what are you doing here? Uh, my favorite team, uh, Kentucky. Everything. Grew up in a small town of Kentucky. I, I grew up as a pro, pl- like just a player fan. Grew up Michael Jordan, grew up Terrell Owens. Now I'm kind of riding this Tom Brady train for the next 15 years until he retires at the young age of 60. Um, <laughs> and I like Steph because he is uh, as, as a short guy who never could dunk but liked to jack up shots. Um, he gives uh, the future me hope. So right now I just ride those trains and whatever my fantasy team and wherever I put my money, but I'm mainly Kentucky through and through. Yeah, what's up, y'all? I'm Dal. Uh, I... Grew up in Kentucky, went to Wake Forest, so I have kind of a dual uh, college fandom in UK and Wake Forest. It lends itself much better to the basketball side than the football side until here very recently. Kind of like Matt, follow players more than uh, more than teams on the NBA side. 
LeBron is the greatest of all time. Kyle's probably going to disagree with uh, that. I Here disagree with Being that an old too. man, but uh, you know, um, <laughs> Lakers are a big team I follow just because they're always fun to watch. Um, and then just picking out uh, Kentucky guys to like. Suns are are always fun with Devin Booker over there and Chris Paul actually now. So I hit the Kentucky and Wake side. Big Eagles fan, but like the NFL draft more than anything. So the Eagles being bad is more fun than the Eagles being good. <laughs> uh, Cardinals fan, we're probably not going to get anyone in free agency according to all the predictions. So preparing myself for that. But um, but yeah, excited to talk a little beer, talk a little uh, basketball. So I want to remind everyone, this is a college basketball podcast and a beer podcast, but um, we are not, while we might, we might have our favorite teams, we are not you know, trying to let our bias show um, if possible. I know sometimes it's just going to bleed out. You know, for the most part, we have one other person in this group and Dal that is not a true, like full UK fan, like he is a dual fan. Um, so it's going to sound a little bit uh, UK homerish at times, I'm sure. But I want to uh, try and get our guests on that aren't all UK fans. So that way we have more listeners because I don't want to seclude anyone from uh, enjoying this awesome beer podcast. So um, like I said, this is a beer podcast and college basketball podcast. So we're going to go into our beer review of the week. For this week, we decided to do our favorite beers, our go-to beers, but next week it might be an IPA week. Uh, There might be a weed ale week or whatever it may be, like different types of beers, but we are going to review our favorite or go-to beers. So guys, this weekend I had a, I worked on a project around my house. We decided that we're going to host Thanksgiving. And so with that come a couple of projects that we need to do to get the house ready for Thanksgiving. So I went to the, uh, the old Lucan's liquor store and grabbed a couple of uh, cases of my favorite beer, my go-to beer, which is not the best for working around the house, but I decided to get it anyways because it's great. And it is Golden Road Brewing's Mango Cart. Um, this is a mango wheat ale, and it is very tasty. It's probably best when it's um, when you have like appetizers or with tacos or something like that, just because it's complimentary of the food that you're eating. But I mean, honestly, I could drink it whenever. Like it's so sweet. So I'm going to crack it open, give you an instant reaction of, of the taste because it's so hard to remember sometimes the taste of a beer. So here we go. Uh, I, I literally do that every time I drink it too. Like, I, like that's not a reaction. Once it hits your lips, so good. It really is, man. It, it is great. It's Are we like, at least sponsored by this beer? The way I wish, you reacted man. on that. No, I know. I know. Trust me. I do wish. You, the uh, No, um, the uh, the best thing about this, it's like, so I'm sure you guys have had a blue moon, like on draft with the orange slice in it, right? Yeah, it's, yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah like, you don't know why they do an orange slice? Tell no, us. why is that? No, so they wanted to like have a garnish for it. Right. But uh, they realized that like people use lemons way more than anything else. And so – uh, like when they first like took it to a bar, they were just like, all right, yeah, throw an orange in there. And that's like how they started using an orange and they like worked it into their like recipe and everything. But well, dang, this is a beer history podcast too. If you there didn't you go. know, wow. yeah. Shout out to the man Dow. Some knowledge. Yeah. So, um, but no, really it's like, so if you ever, ever had a blue moon with an orange slice in it, like, especially on draft, not from the bottle, but on draft, it is, you know, that, that orange flavor just sticks out so much. 
think of that but with mango and a little bit more emphasis on the mango and that's how that's how this beer is it's really good um we're gonna compare our beers to a college basketball team so i'm gonna compare it to last year's alabama team like that team would put up like 100 points if it needed to it it was a barrage of threes um it it was leading the sec for most of the year um handle kentucky which i was disappointed in but it is what it is they were good and that's what I compare this team to. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, five years from now, no one's going to remember that Alabama team being as good as they were. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, another beer is going to come along and, you know, kind of overshadow my love for Mango Kart. And I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I forgot I like Mango Kart. As good as it is, it's not going to it's not going to hit the history books. So that is my beer of the week. Golden Roads Brewing's Mango Kart. Go check it out. It's great. All right, Kyle, you're up. All right, uh, so we're going to keep it golden. Let me know, after I tell you all the name of this, if you all have had it or even heard of it. So Victory Golden Monkey is going to be mine. Um, it's from Victory Brewing in uh, Pennsylvania. So I discovered it at a wedding I went to in Chicago. A bar had it, and I looked at the menu, the the bar, the bar, uh, beer menu or whatever, and I was like, hmm, 9.5%. Woo. Let's go ahead and get one of those. If I'm in Chicago and I'm spending, you know, $20 for a beer or whatever. Or bang for your buck. Exactly. So I was like, hmm, let me try that. And we were like at dinner or whatever. And um, I had like maybe one and a half. And for whatever reason, I was I was tipsy. I mean, I was buzzed. Nine one and, and a half. half you should. <laughs> like, you know, I'm at a, I'm at a wedding. Um, you know, it's like a festive atmosphere. I'm not at the wedding yet. This is night before, you know, it's a festive atmosphere. So I'm kind of chugging them a little bit hard. I'm not even a lightweight or anything, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm an experienced drinker. I'm like, I was probably about 35 or whatever when this when I was up there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's not like I can't hold my liquor or whatever, anything like that. So, Nine and a half percent, one and a half, I'm buzzed. After three or four, I'm drunk or whatever, you know. So I'm like, this is the most magical beer in the world. Um, so the Golden Monkey, I like the name too. That's so it's a great a, name. Yeah, and it's a Belgian style uh, triple. Um, and so it's not very bitter at all. The IBU on it is 25. So, you know, a little, uh, you know, just kind of low on that on that scale. Um but anyways, it's described as having magical flavors, a fruity body, uh, earthy hops, and you know you got orange again hitting on the orange notes, um, and pretty spicy. Like that's the first thing I noticed about it was it had a lot of spice to it. Why Banana. Spicy? Yeah, I like the monkey, <laughs> the spicy monkey. Um, when you, as far as a comparison goes to a team, I'm not really going with the team here. But when you talk about a spicy golden monkey. Um, you know, I kind of think of Bruce Pearl. And so I'm going to go with Auburn. It's probably great at barbecues too. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's a, it's, it's something that is just, you know, no holds barred. It'll hit you in the face. You know, it's out there. It'll make you sweat. It'll make you take your shirt off. You'll paint yourself orange. You'll do whatever the hell you want (laughs) to do and just kind of go crazy. So I'm going with the victory golden monkey. I hate to even mention hate to even attach Bruce Pearl's, you know, face to this beer because it might ruin it for me, but I'm no. just going to go with it and we'll see how it goes. 
So, I don't know. I kind of like Bruce Pearl. I love Bruce Pearl. I mean, Pearl, I, I mean, I mean five years ago, I wouldn't. I'm not going like, to lie. He's kind of an NBA. exciting guy, and this is an exciting beer. So if, I if that Pal was a pretty good five years ago was like, all right, I'm heading to the NBA. I got my championship. I'm going to the NBA. Right. I'm, you know, like if right. Bruce Pearl came calling, I'd be like, you know, pick up that phone. Right. If you wanted to give spice him whatever up, he wants. Yeah. If you, you know, wanted to spice up Kentucky basketball a little bit, you just add a little bit of Bruce Pearl into it. That's right. That's all you got to do. Yeah. So, anyways, that's my beer for this week, and I love it. Everybody should try it. Have any? Have either or three of you guys ever tried it? I've never even heard I've of it. I've never so tried Bruce Pearl in my life. This is right. why I started this <laughs> podcast, guys. This is why I did this, so I can find other beers. That's All why right. I did it. I've actually had it because there's a brewery that opened. So I used to live in Charlotte for context mm-hmm. for everyone. Um, used to live in Charlotte, and there was a brewery that opened there with a couple other um, breweries, like Southern Tier, I know, is a North Carolina brewery that was there. Bold Rock also has stuff there. But they like opened Victory was one of the breweries that like went in on this big huge like bar beer garden thing. Yeah. And so they had a bunch of their beers there. Uh yeah, and they've got a really good lineup. Yeah. They've got a lot of good beers. All of Victory beers are solid. So I have family that um, you know, my brother in law and my sister in law, they work at Disney. And so uh, you know, when they do the summer, the flower and garden thing at Epcot or um food and wine in the in the fall. You know, I, I can't wait to go try it because I guarantee you, you know, at least half these beers that we mentioned are going to be there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely looking out for that. So the spicy monkey or whatever it is, yeah, I'm golden, ready for it. Golden monkey. Golden monkey. Golden monkey. Golden monkey. Yep. All right, Matt, what you got for us? All right. So a little behind the scenes here. One of the things that drew me to this podcast is I'm not a super big beer guy. I enjoy beer. I've just never like change so i don't really go out there and try some things and so when uh, i was told that we're going with our old faithfuls mine's just cold bud light and i didn't <laughs> want to crack one of those open on here i don't want to bore anybody with cold bud light so <laughs> i went out to the local liquor store and i got me a texas texas basketball with crisp beer all the transfers you don't know what you're going to get so literally i have no clue what i'm going to get but i'm you going know to what you're going to get all-time great Devin Askew. What That's you what you're just gonna said. <laughs> We're going to rock a smoothie. Yes, smoothie by Six Point Brewery. Uh, it's a year-round beer, so that's good because we're getting close to Christmas. Uh, established in 2004, so this beer is not even old enough to drink itself. <laughs> it looks like a 2002 skateboard. If you ever like played with Tech Deck as a kid, it, it kind of looks like that. Like Tony uh, Hawk for those Pro who Skater. can't see. Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 on PlayStation 1, the greatest. Yeah. On the back, it says Hazy IP, IPA, Hazy IPA. Who knows? Maybe it's got weed in it. We don't know. Sorry, Grandma. I don't know what I'm drinking. There's a warning label. It says warning. There's no fruit in this smoothie. Thanks. Shout out to the lady who's, who's suing Pop-Tart because there's not enough strawberries in right, her right. strawberry Pop-Tart. So look that up if you don't know what I'm talking about. So let's see. Let's crack it open. It, it looks like a Red Bull. Yep, smells like ass. Mm. So let's see where it gets us. <laughs> Texas. Ask you. Come spit it out. Ask you. I mean, it's not bad. It's bitter in hell. But um, <laughs> I would, I I would mean, expect that from an IPA. Yeah. It. Yeah, it's gonna be. It a hot tastes thing. like. It tastes like in college. I was really bad for just like leaving random stuff in my car. It mm. tastes like I had an uh, like a Minute made orange juice and I just threw it in the back all semester. And mm. then like that summer, I was just thirsty, so I grabbed it. And it had like fermented back there. Oh yeah, you um, and I live different. Really lives. good. It's a really good selling. <laughs> yeah, selling oh, I'm not here to. I'm not here to sell it. You I take this smoothie at your own 
We are not sponsored by a Texas Smoothie or whatever. Unless you yes. want to be, because I could, I could probably. I'm, like I'm it. also realizing that Six Point is another beer that, or like another brewery that's at that brewery I mentioned in Charlotte, and it's All definitely right. based out of Brooklyn, New York. So it, I'm walking us, here. Yeah, it's Brooklyn. Us, so. us talking about Texas is that's only funny. Is only the team. Yeah. yeah um, yeah, so like I said, if you if you're if you ever wake up in the morning, you know what you want to know what it tastes like. Close your eyes. I got you. I got you a description. You woke up. You had, you was running late for work. You brushed your teeth. You forgot you mm. didn't take any orange juice, so you take a big swig. Minute made after mm. brushing your teeth is what oh, this tastes man, like. That is. Uh, I'll give it a not for me. I'll, I'll give it a six point one out of ten though. As far as what? like <laughs> I feel, as, <laughs> as far as hippie ass beer goes, like. I didn't want to spit it in anybody's face. I tried Guinness once. It tastes like coffee grounds. I wanted to spit it in somebody's face. This doesn't taste like that. So I'll give it a, to quote the late great, well, he's still alive, Samuel Jackson, it'll probably get you drunk. Maybe. That's true. All right. So if you had to compare it to a college basketball team. Oh, it's Texas. Coach, I still don't know what's going it's on Texas. Here. I still Come don't know on, what's man. going on. Come on, man. They're in preseason top 10. <laughs> this was all over the store. They had uh, cutouts and everything. Oh man! Uh, they like still got, got to ask you, ask you stay on though. We don't know. Okay, this is Texas happen. with Devin Askew. Smoothie, it's probably smoothie not as good with, as with Devin Askew around on the point. Yeah, it could, it's not as good as it could be with the other dude. With I'm drawing a blank on probably Marcus Carr. Yeah, it could be better, but I mean, uh, it could be worse. All right, before we go any further, I just want to say that I'm not here to slander Devin Askew. Like I respect <laughs> I the am. man. The kid, the kid was a was a reclass, and I think he was thrown into the biggest stage of college basketball. And I really hope he has success wherever he goes. Uh, yeah. Oh, I look, mean, it has one of them douchey stars on it. Remember, like in 05, everybody had this tattoo. Oh, it's on. got the Texas yeah. Star, the on Texas there? Lone Star. Yeah, from Brooklyn. <laughs> right. That's what. That's typical that Brooklyn. Anyways, trying to, ask trying to you, take everybody else's listening. Shot. Don't listen to this podcast because you're gonna get your feelings hurt. But I promise I'm you, I'm I am I am wishing nothing but listening. the best for you. I think Chris Beard is setting you up for failure, calling you one of the all-time greats. Right. That's I mean, comparison comparing you to Devin or Kevin Durant. Like that's not fair to you. So I'm a Devin Askew fan. He could have not. progressed. That's all I'm saying. He could have yeah. had a jump. That's what yeah. I wanted. See, I could have brought in a truly that would have been more Kevin Durant. Smooth, but it'll probably break you down somewhere. Leave you hanging. <laughs> Leave right, you one more. What, what you got first, Dal? I have so, like I said, I used to live in Charlotte. When I uh, right right before I left, would always go to this uh, this brewery called Lenny Boy for trivia because they had one of the best trivias and it was pretty close. And so we got second place in the last time I went and got this big uh, can of their Tangerine Dreams, which is like a wheat ale with like a tangerine orange kind of hint. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say it's my favorite beer in Charlotte, but we went a bunch. So, and it's what I have since I'm back in Kentucky. Um, so I'll give it a little taste here. It's super smooth, really easy to drink. Um, but I'm going to go more on the brewery side for the comp to college basketball than the actual beer. I'm going to say it's Davidson rooted in Charlotte. So stays true mm. there. And it's like Lenny Boy is kind of a like the, one of the like more hippie uh, breweries in Charlotte. It's known for its kombucha, honestly, more than its beer. So Davidson like stays under the radar. It can surprise you and come out with a with a really solid team every now and then. Um, I'm going with I'm going with Davidson for mine. 
But uh, yeah, I shout, dig it. shout out Kellen Grady. That's right. Shout out the goat, Steph, Curry. Steph Curry, man. Exactly. This Wait, is a Steph, Steph Curry Steph Curry household. Steph Curry. This is Steph Curry friendly, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so just LeBron recap, wishes he could. Is that, is that like Steph Curry. Curry's brother? <laughs> <laughs> but Dow. Dow. What was the name step. of that again? Real quick. What was uh, it? It's called Tangerine Dreams. Tangerine the brewery Dreams. is Lenny Boy. All right. I like the can. I'll give gotcha. it a solid seven two. How but big I, is that can? Is that a 20? That, that is a big. That is that is huge. A That's a lot. This this makes for great podcasting, though. 20, 32? Uh, it does. <laughs> they, they'll Hard to tell on camera. Leonard board. <laughs> so, all right. We're going to move on to our preseason top 25 breakdown. Um, this is going to be, like, obviously we're going to talk about our top 25 every week. This is preseason. After the shakeup, especially when Kentucky upsets Duke. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're going to talk about the breakdown. We're going to break down top 25 every week. Um, tell us who are going to be final four or title contenders. We're going to talk about elite eight ceiling, sweet 16 ceilings, and who's not going to make the tournament that is currently in the top 25. So let's, let's start out with a bang. Let's give us our final four predictions, our title contenders. Who do we have right now? That is a certified title contender. I got Kentucky, Duke, Michigan, Gonzaga. I mean, Texas, Alabama, Villanova, Arkansas. I, I think in the tournament bracket, if you have a team that can get you halfway, if you can get to the Elite Eight, you have just about as good a shot as any. Because by that point, matchups are out the window. You don't know what top seat. You might be playing Loyola, Marymount. You don't know who you're going to be playing. So I think when I look at these teams and I say, I could see those teams in the Elite Eight, I have to take them as a title contender. Because, you know, look at us, or uh, Kentucky, I know we're not a Kentucky podcast but look at Kentucky back in 24 uh, 2011 I mean it was them in the final four with UConn VCU and Butler at the beginning of the tournament you'd have never thought they would have made it but then you look at that final four and you're like okay it's going to be Kentucky or UConn and I, I think looking at this top 25 if I had those teams I had to put faith in those are teams I think will be in the elite eight and I'll be competing uh, I am confident to say it'll be either those eight teams or a team outside the top 25. It'll be a okay. team that comes in as a 12 seed. I just look at a lot of those other teams like Purdue, uh, Illinois, Memphis. I just don't have faith in even getting to that sweet 16. So that's kind of my, to bushel it all in one basket, that's my elite eight final four championship contender because I think the way the tournament works out, if you get to one, you have just as good a shot as anybody to get to the rest. Yeah, college basketball is so random that – Obviously, anyone can make it to the – like, make a run and get there. But I think kind of similar to how we've seen with college football this year where, like, you have Georgia that's kind of established themselves as the number one team, but everyone else has flaws. I feel like that that's going to be a pretty similar kind of deal in college basketball this year where every team is going to have some sort of weakness that you can kind of exploit if you have the right matchup with no real team being some sort of like, oh, they're like a stone-cold lock to make the, yeah. the Final Four. Yeah, what you got, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, if we're talking final four picks, I mean, I've got a I'm gonna throw Gonzaga in there again, definitely. I mean, that's a pretty obvious pick. I just think they've got so much talent. They've got a lot of momentum. Um, you know, I'm not sold on I've never been sold on Holmgren, you know, competing it with college boys and big boys and things like that. But I mean, we'll see what he does, but I think if he, if he can contribute and be half of what some people think he might be able to do, I think they're going to, 
they're going to almost definitely almost a lock for the final four. And then UCLA, you know, I like them again. Um, I think Villanova is going to be strong. I think Texas is going to be strong. Obviously when we start talking about Kentucky, you know, I think they've got a lot of pieces. It's going to depend a lot on, you know, the guards. I mean, in the tournament, if the guards are hot, they can take you the whole way as we've seen almost every single tournament since the beginning of time. So if you've got a guy like Wheeler and Grady and, and um, you know, Mintz, uh, is going to have that a big time desire to make a run in the tournament without, you know, with what happened last year. I mean, I think they can make it. It's, it's going to be a situation where I just think all, all those guys have to be hot and clicking. And, um, you know, you've got to find some answers inside for Kentucky um, to go along with Oscar. And even Oscar isn't a guarantee, I don't think, you know, uh, at this point, but um, it's going to take some development and some guys to kind of play, you know, kind of above their heads a little bit on the wing and, and at the four spot. So I think Kentucky could get there, but right now I would put them at, at more of like a elite eight would be, you know, kind of their ceiling right now. But I think they can, um, you know, since we're we're all Kentucky fans, so we're going to dive deep into them some more. But um, and then, you know, I think Ohio State is going to break through and finally you know, I think Holtman's actually going to, you know, produce something this year in the tournament. I think they're kind of one to look at. And then if you're looking outside the top 25, I think, um, you know, Matt mentioned earlier, somebody out the top, out of the top 25, I, I hate to say it, but I think Indiana is going to make a run this year. I think they're going to have a pretty solid year if they stay healthy. I think that's been a lot of their issues lately is staying healthy and continuity and things like that. So, you know, probably those are my six, seven, eight teams that I would look at right now. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Indiana's going to be very good. I like I like Trace Jackson Jr. or Davis, not Jr. I don't know what I said. Yeah, he's a guy that can carry a team. So he really is. Like, watch I, out for those guys. I was very nervous that um, they were going to steal Keon Brooks away from us. Um, right, right. Yeah, because you know, like you put Keon Brooks on that Indiana team, and that's a serious contender in my opinion. But mm-hmm. um, the uh, my I'll say my final four as of right now, and this is after watching you know, like snippets of uh, exhibition. This is after reading, play, reading player profiles. It's it's a hot take, but I, I really, I think Houston, Houston getting Kyler Edwards from Texas Tech. You have experience, you have a tournament experience there. You got a, a title um, contending experience right there in Kyler Edwards. Um, so I think, I think Kelvin Sampson reloading and adding um, Kyler Edwards there is huge. Is Quentin Brown so, back for them? I don't think so. I have to check. It's been a while since I checked the roster. I think he was, but I think he is, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I think he is too. Um, Uh, But yeah, I I was high on Houston last year um, in the tournament. I picked them to go to the final four and everybody was hammering me. Not everybody, but if you guys were hammering me on Twitter, I was like, Houston's tough, man. They are tough. Kelvin Sampson. That that style is tough. And they just, you know, they're going to be back. They're a good good team. So I'm going to say Houston – I, I want to pick Kentucky, but I just really can't see it as of right now. Unless they, unless somebody just goes like a wall and goes nuts, like a tie tie goes nuts, or Severe Willard really like steps up, or and really like it's nothing that I question the guards. It's the front court depth. Yeah. Um, it's you know like if Toppin really shows that he can be like a you know fifteen and ten player, then mm-hmm. you know book it Kentucky to the Final Four. But as of right now, that four spot really gives me a lot of questions and backing up 
you know, Oscar Sheway when he gets two fouls within three minutes of the game starting. That is going to be the biggest yeah. question for Kentucky. So I'm not picking Kentucky to go to the Final Four. It's a hot take, but I, I can't. I just really can't right now. Unless, you know, like until they show me something like that. However, Purdue, Jaden Ivey, Travion Williams, Zach Eady, like though that that Purdue this Purdue team is scary, sneaky good. And then they're flying way under the radar. I mean, they're ranked the preseason seventh um, in the AP top 25 poll. Like that doesn't sound like it's under the radar, but when you look at how balanced they are, the amount of shooting they have, the depth at front court that they have versus the other, you know, top 16s ahead of them. That I, I don't I can't pick a team that's going to match up with them better. You know, like Texas, maybe I'm going to go with Houston, Purdue, Gonzaga and Michigan. So that's going to be my final four. I think Gonzaga really like you're, they're trading Suggs for and Kispert for Chet Holmgren, which is not a bad trade off. But Chet Holmgren can't bring the ball up the court like Suggs and he can't shoot it like Kispert. So like, you know, like he he's a lanky guy. Like, I think Nolan Hickman is going to be really good. Um, Hunter Salas is going to be really good at Salas. I don't want to pronounce his last name. Yeah, um, Salas. Salas. Like, yeah. they're not going to – like, it's going to be – they have big shoes to fill for Jalen Suggs. And I'm a Magic fan, so I'm very high on Jalen Suggs. And then as far as – and what would I say? Um, Michigan. Hunter Dickinson. Like, they reloaded. They got Caleb Houston. And I really like Jawan Howard. I think he is everything that – Memphis thought Penny Hardaway was going to be for them, mm. uh, for, for Memphis. Um, so I think Jawan Howard is like a, a really good coach. He's probably one of the best coaches in the game right now, for being honest. Um, I think he is a Franz Wagner missed shot away from being a, a national title, like cha- like a championship. Like they, yeah, they, I think they, he's definitely drops, legit. Yeah, if that drops, I think they win the title. And I don't know why they shot a three when they were right. down one, but – you know, it right. is what it is. Also a big Franz Wagner fan because he's right. in Orlando. The dude's a monster. Um, but, yeah, so that are those are my final four. I and say, Grimes is gone from the – Yeah, he went to the Knicks. Houston. He, I don't know how I forgot that he went to the Knicks. I, yeah, I thought – I remember seeing him, like, late in second round, hoping Orlando might pick up another guard, and then, they, yeah. you know, they, they do what they do. They trade away their second-round picks you know, every year. So Yeah, I just um, haven't heard from him since the end of the tournament last year. I totally forgot yeah. about Grimes. Yeah, but they reload. I mean, like, if we're talking like Grimes for Edwards, like I'm taking Edwards. That's experience. That's yeah. yeah, Edwards Edwards can put the ball anywhere he wants on the court. So Elite Eight, is, is there any team that's not in the top 25 that you think can make the Elite Eight right now? Or is there any team in the top 25 that we didn't mention that um, that could make a, an Elite Eight appearance? Um, right now, as it stands, like I really think this is the year that Tennessee makes the Elite Eight. Like I really do. Like I watched, I watched the exhibition game today. And that'll be Kennedy, so cute for them. What was that? I said that'll be so cute for them. I know their first <laughs> appearance. Be it'd, it'd be great. I mean, they'll still get knocked out, but Elite Eight, you know, that'd be great. But Tennessee, Kennedy Chandler, that that dude can ball. Like I knew, oh, yeah. like I remember watching his highlights and stuff, and I was like, this guy's good. You watch that that exhibition game. The first couple of scores, like he doesn't, he seems hesitant to shoot. He drives, he could get to the rim with ease. Obviously, he's going against, like, I, I forget, like, what team they played, but it's nowhere near as physical as, you know, an SEC team. But he can get to the rim with ease. He has great court vision. And then he, like, steps out, like, three, four feet beyond the arc and just knocks him down. Kennedy Chandler is a really good player. I think their most, um, their most valuable player is not going to be Kennedy Chandler, though. I think it's, uh, uh, what is his name? 
Viscoshi, Viscoshi, I think is that how you pronounce it. He like literally puts the ball like he wasn't even looking. He was he was double teamed um, on a full court press. He like whips that ball to uh, Brandon Brandon Hundley Hatfield and oh my yeah, gosh, Viscovi, like, Viscovi, yeah. yeah. Viscovi, I mean, like the dude can put the ball anywhere on the court. He has that ball on a string, and it, it was—he's—he's he's fun to watch. I mean, he does play dirty, and I will be rooting against him. Yeah, he's um, throwing—he throws elbows all the time. He's yeah, he gets a little. He gets- Tennessee is one of the teams that I think can make it to the lead eight. I'll give them their first elite eight appearance. So, yeah, what is there any other teams that we didn't mention that you can think that you think will make the elite eight? Well, um, I'll go, go ahead, with now. one. I think Jim Beheim is maybe the most overrated coach um, of all time because he's got one title and just consistently uses that zone to. um, Yeah, I can go with you on that. His advantage, but for some reason, college basketball teams still just like forget how to play against the zone. It seems like every year and buddy Bayheim is back and, Regardless of like the nepotism involved on getting him on the team, <laughs> Buddy Bayheim is a bucket. So he, I think that's a team where they can throw got like throw a team off with the zone. He can score thirty five in a game and lead them to a, a to a run. I feel like that they're like yeah. one of those teams that kind of underperform in the regular season every year and get hot. And he, like, they should be in the perfect position to get hot at the end. So. I'm not saying they're going to make the Elite Eight, but they're a team that I'm like, oh, I wouldn't want to play them in the tournament. Yeah. Like at all. Yeah, you catch them, you catch they catch you on a bad day and it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. Yeah, I agree. Um Syracuse, yeah. Syracuse in that zone, man. I I mean, we say Bayheim's overrated, but he has the same I mean, like he has the same tenure and uh and the amount of titles that Tom Izzo has. So which I was gonna say too, so. I was gonna say Izzo. I think that's a Michigan State team. I mean, that, well, because like both Izzo and both Beheim, I feel like they do their best work when you don't expect them to. Yeah, so, absolutely. Now, when you do expect them to, when you're like, "Oh, these are top fifteen teams," this is going then they're out by the Sweet Sixteen. This is Beheim get an eleven seed with a small school six seed, and then next thing you know, he's in that Sweet Sixteen because he's been to six Sweet Sixteens in the last decade. And well, how many Bohams? How many sons he's got there now? I feel like he got three or four of them. I think there's two, two on the team. He's two. got the Bohives. There's like twenty of them down there. They're just yeah. all of them. <laughs> the Brady yeah. bunch. Yeah, yeah. He's just got them all. Of them. Got Jimmy and Buddy. So Andy Katz. What name? Um, Come on, man. Andy <laughs> Katz actually said that they can. You know, like he thinks that they. He believes he didn't predict it, but he believes they can win the ACC. So I would not be surprised if they made it to the Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight. Um, yeah, they've you know, also like got there. If you also got, if y'all remember uh, Frank Anselm, yeah, how we were in. we were wanting him to like you know come in and save our big man uh, problems and everything at right yeah. you know last minute before we got so we started started talking about SAR and stuff. So uh, yeah, old Frank is there too. So Florida State is another team that can. I mean, like they well, yeah Leonard they should have done it last year. Yeah, Leonard Hamilton has had them consistently like good, like not great. You know, like whatever, but since like what 2016, you know, Jonathan Isaac, like since then they've can they've been consistent in the tournament. I think this is the year they can at least make it to the lead eight. Yeah, he's um, getting some recruits, man. He yeah, I mean, like recruits. he had he had yeah. freaking Scotty Barnes. Though. Scotty Barnes is tearing it up in the NBA right now. Like he's like he's in the top five for uh, rookie of the year running right now. So 
Um, I mean, yeah. he was taken he, with fourth. He can get some talent. Fifth or whatever. They got Cameron Fletcher too, so you got to watch out. Yeah, man. Cameron <laughs> Fletcher, I think, like, he could be good. We're just going to slander all the former Kentucky guys at Trent. Yeah, I, I, I like this no, game. It's going to be Connor. <laughs> it's going to be Connor who says we don't slander the players. Yeah, yeah, right. like subtly game, slander man. the players. I'm like, I, like, hey, I told you. I told said, you. I told you Golden Monkey was spicy. I'm getting spicy. Moving on. Um, Sweet 16. Round of 32, like who, who's in the top 25 right now that you think is going to get bounced and won't m- either make the tournament or is going to get bounced from uh, round of 32 or round of 64? Well, this might be low-hanging fruit, but I'm going St. Bonaventure. I'm looking at their schedule. They're one of those small schools, those A-10 schools. They only play one legitimate team out of conference. That's UConn at 24, and I don't know how legit that is. And I'm not saying that they're not going to have a good season, the committee's, not, the committee's not very forgiving with these smaller conferences having multiple losses and not winning the tournament, their, their conference tournament. So if they struggle, maybe they face injuries mid-February, whatever, and then they lose in the A-10 championship game. I mean, I know that sounds obvious, like low-hanging fruit, because that's, how they, that's what happens when you're in a small conference. But I've just been hearing a lot of hype about them, and they could be great. They could be this year's Wichita State-type team. But you just look at the schedule. You get you start racking up bad losses. The out of conference is is nothing to be impressed with. So I just don't. If anything was to happen and they were to struggle, there's nothing to redeem them other than winning their conference. So I could easily see them missing it. Looking at their schedule, this is a little bit of a spoiler alert for future podcast <laughs> segments. But you just slandered two of the teams that we're going to pick later for. Uh, I know. I saw. I saw the major one. teams. So. Yeah. I saw um, the one. Where's the second? I don't know. I think I think Saint Saint Bonaventure is. Um, I think they'll be fine. Like they just gotta they just gotta be respectful in their conf- in their conference and they'll be fine. I really think Connecticut is gonna be the one that's gonna get bounced. Like they had James Boat Knight last year and he was he was very good. I think he's very underrated as far as like how how good he was for Connecticut. And they're gonna and they're gonna miss that. They're gonna miss that type of player. They're gonna miss that point guard who can kind of shoot it from everywhere on the court, but he's really a volume scorer and he's just, you know, physically like crazy, like athletic. Um, so I think they're gonna miss that. They're gonna get bounced. They won't be there. And like not to trash on the Tar Heels, but to kind of trash on the Tar Heels, like I think they're gonna they're gonna have a rough first year under Hubert Davis. Yeah, like I, don't, I think I don't I don't see I don't them, see them being lot. great. Um, are they in the top 25? They're preseason yeah. 19 right now. Yeah, yeah, they're 40th on Ken Palm, so that's not a good indication. Like yeah, the difference between I think Tennessee and North Carolina, and who's Tennessee is 18. I think there's a huge like disparity like between those two. Like there's going to be a huge mm-hmm. difference between those two teams because like who did they get? You know, like they got um, uh, what's his name? Did they get Manic Brady, Brady Manic from yeah. Oklahoma? Yeah. Like the boy Brady Walker or whatever. Yeah, Walker guy. Kessler. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, he transferred from there, didn't he? Yeah, I thought he left. went to the portal and came back in. He didn't return. Nah, he left. Nah, I don't know like, what I'm talking about. Let me Leaky just Black, with... Caleb Love, Amanda Bacot. Yeah, Leaky Black and the Manic Kid are probably going to be like they kid. might have to suit up Briggs from TikTok like that. Like they really <laughs> don't have a lot of like like a, a really like they don't have a player like they had two years ago go and. Cole Anthony, and you know they struggled last year a little bit too. How long? Um, it seemed, why do I feel like Baycott's been there for eighty-four years? He's been there well, for three. Well, he years. does. Right. 
that's Roy Williams Styles take a bunch of four stars in McAdoo. McAdoo too. Like he's only what a sophomore or something, but it feels like he's been there forever. Yeah. And if there's any North Carolina, oh, he's a he's a senior. Here's the thing: is like, do you remember that 2019-2020 season for UNC? Like how embarrassing it was for them, and Roy Williams is like just trashing them in post game interviews. And I was like, wow, this couldn't be me. Like as a Kentucky fan, I'm glad we'll never have to have a season like that. And then we had a season like that the next year. But like that was like, I feel like they're still reeling from that. The majority of their team is those type of players. They've got Dawson Garcia. Why does that name sound familiar? Did we recruit, did uh, UK recruit him or what is that? Why does that sound familiar to me? UK Wait. probably looked at him once, and the fan base was. Just he was at Marquette. He was at Marquette. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. in the American now. A majority so of their like the the biggest the basis of UNC's roster is that same team from 2019, except for you don't have Cole Anthony, and he was right. the team in 2019. Brady Manick was great last year at Oklahoma. He was so fun to watch. Um, I think he's going to be great at UNC. I don't think they're going to be a great team. Yeah. Like I'm Oklahoma glad. last year was was a was fun to watch, but they were not a good team. Like they were not great by any means. Leaky Caleb Black would be good reminds for them me too. of it, Leaky Black is two parts of Harry Potter. It's Leaky Cauldron and Sirius Black, and they just combined <laughs> it in one name. And I'm here for it. But he's been there forever too. Like I remember hearing that name like four years ago. Obviously, he's a well, senior, he'll be there so. seven years, like Hogwarts. Oh uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> is Brady Manick the guy that see all were somebody was saying that he models his game after Larry Bird or something? He is, he, he he looks is exactly the twenty twenty one version of Larry Bird, and I'm here. I mean, for he's it, got man. this. He's got the the, the hair, the mustache, kick from French Lick mustache. He's got everything. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. All right, is there any teams that aren't in the top twenty five that you want to that you think can make um, that can make the tournament and make a splash in the tournament? Really. Um, so I have two that are like probably like just on the fringe top 25 that I think could make runs. Um, one is Notre Dame because I think their offense is going to be just unreal and they could get hot. Um, San Diego State, kind of on the flip side, their defense should be insane, uh, which it always is. They just struggle scoring, kind of the opposite, like I said, of Notre Dame, where Notre Dame can score with anyone but struggles on the defensive side. But get one of those two teams um, – like on the on a on a hot streak, and I think they can make a lot of a lot of noise just because they're like one side of the ball is so is so dominant. Um, uh, I'm a little biased. My little sister goes to San Diego State, and I'm probably moving out there in January. So trying to manifest a little bit of San Diego State. <laughs> All right, speaking Carmen. into existence. That's right. So he was he. I guess he was he coached under Steve Fisher. Yep. Yeah, they just yeah. promoted from within. Yeah, so he and he was at he was at uh, Michigan with Steve Fisher too. So he's a he's a Fisher guy, definitely. So I think um, one of the teams that is really you know like we need to watch out for as Kentucky fans, but also just like I think they're going to make a splash is Mississippi State. Like I think they can make a, a decent run in the tournament. They added Rocket Watts from Michigan State. Yeah, they added yeah. Uh, Garrison Brooks from UNC. They added Iverson Molinar. Um, who was a solid, you know, like they didn't add him, but um, he's he's been a solid player for them last year. He's a, kind of the one that made them go. They <laughs> yeah, got just DJ, like they got DJ Jeffries from uh, Memphis, who wasn't like great, but he was a one-time Kentucky recruit, you know, commit actually and decommitted. So yeah. I mean, they have some depth, and uh, they kind of you know like they took us to school um, last year. I mean, a lot of teams took us to school last year, but um, in the SEC tournament, like 
they could like they just manhandled us in the paint. Um, so right, I think I think they got they got some experience and they just add, they just only got yeah. better. Than they last killed year, it on so. the transfer on the transfer portal. They 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 really they did. Yeah, it. yeah. Those are two big names that they added right there alone. So. Um, yeah. Well, I say that's going to be my team to like going to make a splash. That's a pretty good else? call there. I mean, it's about time Howland did something. I mean, he's got he's yeah. got the experience. I mean, he, he's done it before. So he's the only person that can stop something. them is Dante Allen. Correct. He is the exactly. Mississippi State killer. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's um, move on to the must-watch games of the week. We're going to talk. We're going to give our predictions for Kansas, Michigan State, Kentucky, and Duke um, later on the podcast. But for right now. We're going to focus on Friday and Saturday's games, um, specifically number four Villanova versus number two UCLA. Mm-hmm. So let's break that down. Like, what are we expecting to see from Villanova? What are we expecting to see from UCLA? Um, yeah, I mean, like that's a, that's going to be a fun game to watch. Hopefully, like uh, I yeah, hope it it's a good a game to watch. Game. I don't know if you guys heard, but Duke and Villanova had a secret scrimmage, and Duke won twenty nine to twelve. I think. You can throw that out the window because they probably stopped. You know, Coach Did they played for like, like three minutes. It was a very, it's like a ten minute game or whatever. I think there was a lot of stoppage no of play. Clock. Coach K would probably is like, wait, time out. I want to show you exactly what you need to do here. You know, like that was that was Coach K. Well, and Jay Wright's like when he had a heart attack and he's like, uh yeah. or back problems. What was it? Heart or back? <laughs> Both. Back. He had a, yeah. the back of his heart. You know. Yeah, but I, I think. um so, Coach K, if you're listening, don't. <laughs> don't. Yeah, Coach K, if you're listening, don't. Um, and sponsor us. We would love to have you on as a guest, actually. So, um, But I'm not super high on this Villanova team. Like, I really am not. Like, Brian Antoine, I think, is good. But he's a junior, and he hasn't really shown much a lot. Colin Gillespie is a, you know, a fifth-year senior. Um, like there's not any names, but that's where Jay Wright makes his, his living, you know, is with like, yeah. Oh, we don't, we take nobodies and we're going to beat you. Um, so like, but I, I don't know, like, I just don't have the gut feeling like I'd normally have for Villanova teams. Yeah, you guys I mean, care that, to weigh in that game's that? it's out at, it's out at Poly Pavilion and you they're going to be hyped for that game. So I'd, I'd expect UCLA to win that by double digits, probably 15 or so. Oh wow! Okay, that's and, a hot take. Yeah. There we go. Though I'm, I'm I really, here for it. I really expect UCLA just to build off that hype. Uh, we were going. I think I was going to talk about this later in a little another segment, but I'll just go ahead and do it now. That UCLA, <laughs> every, every, it's kind of seen the popular thing to think that they're a fraud because of the run last year, but I think they're just going to be a, a long line of what we saw in 2013 with Wichita State, who limped into the tournament, makes a run to the Final Four, comes back undefeated the next season. Kentucky in 2014, opposite end of the spectrum, obviously, but you know, bad season, came in eight seed, made it to the Final Four, made the championship game, actually, and then came back next year undefeated regular season. I don't think they're going undefeated, but I think whatever they learned and kind of gelled into that six-game run, seven-game, well, six earlier, but you know what I'm saying? I think that carries over. So I actually have a lot of faith in UCLA. To your point, it's at their home. So I do expect – I expect UCLA to win fairly easily. And if I'm not mistaken, because I thought it was the kid you mentioned, Connor, but didn't Villanova have a kid return and then tours ACL? I haven't I haven't read I have like I haven't done a full I thought it was the amount of Gillespie research. kid. Colin Gillespie. I no, wrong. I don't think so because Okay. No, no, he got hurt like going into the tournament last year. Maybe that's but, what yeah, I'm thinking of. Back. I thought there was somebody who came maybe oh that is what it was. He got injured and because of the injury uh he returning. Decided to come back. 
Yeah, I just don't have a lot of faith in Jay Rada. I think, you know, he's talking about he did his best work with those lower name players. He really doesn't, to be honest with you. If you look at the two the teams he had when he did win the two national titles, they were actually higher recruited players. They just yeah, weren't. There's more what we were at Kentucky yeah, when, yeah. We, when you're like, if you're not in the top 10, we don't care about you. They were yeah. still upper four-star guys who then stayed quite a while. But outside of that, I think last year was the first year he had made it outside the Sweet 16 but and not won the national title in like the last 10, 12 years. So I just don't have a lot of faith in that team early in the season. And that's one thing you'll find out in the podcast is, you know, Dow and Connor, both of y'all really seem like number guys and, you know, what's on paper and how it works out and sound smarter than I'll ever be on a lot of that. My ADHD don't let me get down that. I'm more of a gut guy. And my gut is telling me, do not trust Villanova in this one, especially on the road. Yeah, um, we're probably on the same page, man. Yeah, I'm like a hot pocket. Villanova's a hot pocket to me. The best part of their run is in the middle. I feel like the starting of its finish or the starting of its crap and the finish of its crap, but they'll be awesome in the middle. <laughs> I think this is kind of that wet first bite of hot pocket that's like a brick. And I think they'll come out there and, um, like I said, I'm really buying into the UCLA stock that for some reason people don't seem to be buying. I don't necessarily buy Cronin at all. Yeah, no. But, um, you know, it is what it is. Johnny Juzang, if you're listening, we're hopping you up. I think he'll be awesome. I love Johnny. Johnny's probably going to put up 40 in this game. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. Wright can, can, you know, come up with some things to in a game, you know, situation to prepare. But, um, you know, I just think, you know, er, this early in the season, your home court, you know, as much as Polly Pavilion can get hyped, it will. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're going to be hyped for that game. And I think they're just going to – I think it'll be a close game for the most part with about six, seven minutes to go. But I think they'll the UCLA just pull away and, you know, hit a lot of free throws and things like that to kind of pull that margin out. I think yeah. uh, Tiger Campbell is the, is yeah, the one tough. that makes UCLA go. Like, I know oh, everyone yeah. hypes oh, up yeah. Johnny Juzang, and rightfully so. Unfortunately, I don't think we see this version of Johnny Juzang ever in a Kentucky uniform, and I think it's better for him that he transferred um unfortunately but i think you know between johnny jose and jamie jacques jr like they're great but i think tiger campbell is the one that makes ucla go um so i you know like i think he has to have a 15 and like seven type game uh, or or greater for them to really be like the ucla that we saw last year um and i think he was just one of the most underrated players of that team last year so yeah i say um ucla is gonna be you know, Johnny Johnny Juzang is going to be uh, player of the game. UCLA, I, I'd like him by like eleven. I say eleven at most. Like, and that's like with some late game free throws. You know, so like really, right. it'll be like seven, eight, and then you know there'll, there'll be a foul a foul to put him up eleven. Yeah, what do you think, gonna, Al? It'll be a fun game to watch, no doubt about that. Yeah. If, so Jay Wright is easily a better coach than Mick Cronin, one hundred percent. So they have a huge. The tallest player in this game is going to be 6'10", and Villanova's tallest player is that's going to play, like, big minutes probably is 6'7". So it's like if they had anyone that could take advantage of the lack of height on the UCLA side, I would, like, be way higher on Villanova's chances in this game yeah. because of Jay Wright and because of guys like Con Gillespie. Um, but I think that... Jacquez Jr. and Johnny Juzang are the two best players in this game. So I feel like that it's one of those things where, like, that's going to win out along with the 
whatever home court advantage you get from Poly Pavilion. Um, but so I wish I could kind of switch it up from what you all said. No, no. It's, it's okay if to... we call the if we call the number two team to be the number four team. I think that's okay. okay. Yeah, like I think I don't know if there's ever been that many wrong analysts before. I mean, even like unfortunately, I'm gonna have to bring it up the 2018 Duke versus Kentucky game, like. A lot of people were saying Duke to win too. So, um, and they were right. They smashed the over for sure. So, um, so yeah, I think, well, uh, so we're all in agreement. As somebody who's struggling with daylight saving time, Villanova is going to be battling DST and going to have to travel four time zones. Hey, let, let's just uh, fall asleep. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I mean, what, if it's they like get Bill, there early uh, enough, it'd be fine. Bar- what's Berman? Uh, Chris Berman? <laughs> Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo Bill. Yeah, so we all know yeah. what's going to happen is, you know, Wright is going to coach circles around Cronin. Villanova is going to win by 22, right? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what's going to happen. On this, <laughs> but I'm going to go bet the other, and right. I can right. either come back and gloat or cash out. Like, actually, yeah. actually, this is not a gambling podcast. No, not a ba- gambling podcast. You do, we don't owe you anything as far as that's <laughs> concerned. But, right. I mean, like, here's the thing is this is Mick Cronin's game to lose. Like, he has yeah. the tools. Yeah. Can he actually manage it? So, uh, we'll see. I think Jay Wright um, can do no wrong in this game. Like, if he goes out – if they go out and lose by 20, you know, like, uh, they had better players. Like, they were expected to lose, you know. But um, – Yeah, I mean, a, it'll be a, a battle of guards. Yeah. It'll be a battle of guards, and whoever's hot is 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 going to win it. You know, I, I still think watch out for Colin Gillespie. But, um, like I said, uh, like, there's not a name on Villanova's roster that scares me like Johnny Juzang or Jamie Jacquez Jr. Yeah, so right. – We'll see. All right, moving on to number five, Texas versus number one, Gonzaga. Um, who do we like? Who are we like in this? Uh, who's going to be our, our, our MVP of the game? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire away with the hot take. I think if Marcus Carr can get 20, Timmy Allen was the other guy that uh, I really, yeah. really, really wanted to add to Kentucky's roster. I think he's like, I think he's a great player. He lit Kentucky up a couple of years ago. Um, he wasn't the short buddy kid or whatever his name was that, uh, was the goofiest looking player that you've ever seen and looks like he played, you know, under 12 league. But Timmy Allen uh, for youth, from Utah, they added Trey Mitchell from Massachusetts, Marcus Carr from Minnesota. Like, I really think that Texas can pull off the game one. Like, well, I bet this time it would be game two, but game two upset. Like, I think it could happen. And it'll happen because their backcourt, they, they, need, yeah. they need some work. Some growing pains, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Growing, growing pains, pains. Yeah. 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 The tournament, they'll be fine. But, yeah, they're going to have some growing pains in their backcourt. Um, I mean, they have Nolan Hickman, and I, I am still at just as high as Nolan Hickman as I was before he committed until after he decommitted. But you got you know Andrew Nimhard. I was a huge Andrew Nimhard fan when he was at Florida. Disappointed yeah. he went to Gonzaga, and I knew they were going to be great when he went there. But outside of that, you know, Hunter Salas, I'm not sold on him. You know, like yeah. I, there's nothing about his game other than being physically like crazy, you know, athletic that I'm sold on him for. And so, I mean, they have a lot of experience. They have a team that got blown out in the championship game, but still made it to a championship game. So they have experience there, but yeah. they, but you cannot make a deep run in the tournament without a, a quality point guard. And we've seen that time and time again. Right. So, yeah, uh, I mean, it's, yeah. they've definitely got, a lot to replace in the backcourt, no doubt about that. So, and and what's the, what's has there been any ruling about Mark Fuse? Like, and is there any suspensions or game. anything? I haven't seen one game versus. 
it's just, just one game versus like Delta State. Of course, State it or is. Yeah. Of yeah. course it's just the opener. It'll, yeah, so yeah, like, that was, I, and I remembered it because that was the big deal. They made Coffee Colburn got three. Yeah, and, that's right. right. Yeah. Yeah, which you is know, ridiculous, but my prediction in this though is I'm buying the stock. This ain't a stock market podcast either, but I'm buying the stock <laughs> of Chet Holmgren. I, I think everybody, really? I think people, well, I think people get into the numbers. And I, you know, like I said, not a numbers guy. I think they see seven foot and say, oh, well, he's going to get bullied. I think they're playing him at the three. I don't know if, if on offense, I don't know if we're going to see him down low. I think he's going to hover around, pick and pop like the UCLA guy. What was his name? Leaf or TJ Leaf that killed yeah. us for like three straight years. I think you're going to yeah. see a much better version of that. And he's going to be like, if TJ Leaf and, um, draw a blank on his name, uh, TJ Leaf and Kevin Durant did the fusion from Dragon Ball Z, it would turn into mm-hmm. Chet Holmgren. And I, th- I think it's really going to work. I, I-, I think. I, like I said, man, I could be dead wrong, and he could be horrible this season. But I think, I think it's going to work out. I think Hunter Salas is going to turn into a great player. I think maybe, maybe I'm because I really wanted him to come to Kentucky, and there was some not so yeah. nice rumors about why he didn't on that one that we won't get into on a non-Kentucky <laughs> podcast. But yeah, I, I'm buying the Chet Holmgren the the hype on that. And um, to your uh, what'd you call it a, a, a growth spurt? I think they're in they're in the conference to have a growth spurt because they can come out here. But I do think Timmy knows, guys, you're going to have your fun. You're going to have your growth spurt. You're going to have your you're going to have your forty point games once conference starts because we're going to be literally playing JV teams. The important ones are we got to beat Texas. We got to beat Duke. I think they play what Auburn or Alabama, one of the two. I think the veterans on that team will not let them lose to some of these ranked teams because that's all they got. Yeah. I mean, if they go to sleep. Yeah. If they lose to all the power teams, but even if they go 30, you know, 25 and six, but they lose to every tournament eligible team, those veterans will not be able to sleep at night. I think these are the games that matter to them. And like I said, I think you mix that with that. I am buying all the stock like it's Enron on Chet Holmgren. I think that's going to be key. But if he pans out like I think he will, I think they'll I think they'll win pretty easily. Matt, you you just threw his name out there briefly, but I'm glad that we didn't get through all of you before Drew Timmy's name was mentioned. Yeah, I was acting like that he is some <laughs> person that doesn't exist. He was like arguably the best player in college basketball well, last year. Yeah, when Matt was Tim talking, I was gonna throw Timmy out. I was gonna throw Timmy out there, but um when Matt was talking, but um yeah, I mean I think overall, it's. I think you know he's going to have a huge game. I, I think Beard is is, you know, I think Holmgren's going to have to have a growth spurt, you know, horizontally before anything. So, I just yeah, think Beard's, like they're going to beat him up. As so, much as their point guard. Yeah, Here's the thing I mean, about Drew Timmy: it's like I'm not a college basketball coach. One day I will be, and mark it down on this day. I'm I'm making note that I'll be a college basketball coach one day, but for right now I'm not. But if I were, I would make I would let Drew Timmy eat. I'd let him feast all day long, and I'd make make the unproven freshman beat us. Oh yeah, I'd make Chet Holmgren beat us. I'd make I'd make uh, um, Nolan Hickman beat us or Hunter Salas right. beat us. Like I would go with that because we know what Drew Timmy's given us. You know, he's yeah, given this... us hell in the boards. He's given us hell in rebound. You know, whatever in the and he's a great passer. He's an underrated passer for a big man. You know, like today there there was the um, the poll on Twitter for you know, like Kofi Coburn or Drew Timmy, and 
Kofi Coburn was like outvoted, like voting like way ahead. Like everyone's voting for Kofi mm-hmm. Coburn. I'm like, are you kidding me? If I had the choice between those two right now, I'm taking Drew Timmy because he could play both sides of the ball and not get gassed. And, you know, like yeah. that's the thing is Drew mm-hmm. Timmy can pass, he can defend, he can shoot. So like Dow, that's the reason I, I didn't mention him is because you know what you're getting out of you know, Drew Timmy. And it'll he's be interesting be to see buckets. Yeah, you get buckets. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what uh what Beard how Beard defends him. Because yeah. really he's he's you know, if they do you let him go and focus on the other focus on the perimeter and have Carr and those guys lock those guys down, or what do you do? You know, what? do you let do you double Timmy and just frustrate the hell out of him? And then the whole team gets frustrated and then everybody just loses their mind and Texas comes out with a 15, 20 point victory, you know, and everybody's like, What the hell happened to Gonzaga or what? you know? So yeah, see what happens. This is a tough game to call. I mean, I'm leaning Texas, but you know, I I'm can going see Texas by four. I'm going to say yeah. Texas by four, and I think it's the it's the guard play that wins it. I think yeah. it's the guard play that wins it. However, no matter who wins, it's America loses. You know, Texas is going to be unbearable. Gonzaga is going to be unbearable. Like it, America loses, no matter who wins this game. So I don't yeah, know. What do you guys got? Any any final score predictions? Player of the game for that. Drew Timmy. Gonzaga by 12. Uh, Holmgren, 20-plus, 10 rebounds, 5-something. Wow. Either assist or block. I'm going in this. I'm all in on Holmgren. Okay. Wow. All 7-foot, well, 185 of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on. We're going to talk about the Shark Tank upsets. So, uh, for our listeners, Shark Tank upsets, if you ever watch Shark Tank, you know that there's the Sharks and there's the people that are pitching their ideas. So this is the opportunity that we have for each of us to pitch to each other um, the upsets of the week. And we have to back it with stats and we have to say like, this is upset. So you could say my uh, Texas versus Gonzaga upset, like this will be my shark tank upset. I say Texas by four. Um, I think Marcus Carr is going to feast. And then you have an all time great in Devin Askew, who's just going to, he's gonna eat nolan hickman's lunch like he's just gonna bully him no i'm just kidding sorry devin if you're listening um but no i think uh i think marcus carr is really gonna stand out in this texas game um so you guys sharks i'm selling you um texas by four you can either buy a pint case keg or you are out I'm going to go ahead and buy a case. Let's go, baby. I'm not going to – yeah, I'm going to buy a case of that, man. I like it. Well, you said Devin Askew's name for the 15th time on the Devin Askew podcast. That got me fired up. And you didn't say anything about Chet Holmgren, so for that reason, I'm out. Uh, You heard everything I said about Chet Holmgren earlier, but – you know, but this is the that's the mindset of the Shark Tank upset. So do you guys have any Shark Tank upsets or we'll move on if you don't? I'm looking. I was. I mentioned earlier um, to you guys. Um, you know, in the first week or two weeks or three weeks, it's sometime in November. Every almost every SEC team, SEC team just collapses, has a ridiculous game, loses to some directional school. <laughs> you know, and so we've got this week. You've got Louisiana Tech at Alabama, Moorhead at Auburn, uh, Mercer at Arkansas. I don't even know what Moorhead's got this year, to be honest with you, but I think they're going to give Auburn a game. Um, you know, and it's always, it seems like it's almost always one of those SEC West schools that just, you know, comes up with some head scratching loss in November and December. So I'm going to take the Eagles Moorhead to, uh, to upset Auburn this week. 
So what do you think really? about that, guys? Uh, well, I'm going frat party level, and I will take all the kegs. All right. And I think wow. you're absolutely right. I do. I completely agree with everything. I, I was looking at that. I, I I can't put my finger on it. I, I don't. I don't know if I would ride all of it with more head over all. Of it, but somebody losing to the SEC having a performance oh, early, always. especially one with a fails. number in front of it. Exactly. I just hope it's not Kentucky to Robert Morris. We've already seen that. Well, yeah, we're not, we've yeah. seen that movie before, and I didn't like. Yeah, the I, I really like Morehead State over Auburn. I, I shouldn't, but I do. All right, let's go, buddy. Uh, uh, Dal, you go first, man. I don't know. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting one, one final little. Oh yeah, baby. All right, so, uh, I think it was Connor. You mentioned Alabama as a team that you thought could go really far, right? You're, I know you're a big Nato's guy. Yeah. Um, so they play South Dakota State, their second game of the season on Friday. Mm. South Dakota State shot forty, almost forty-one percent from three last year. Um, and we're not going to talk about the three-point defense because that wasn't that great. But uh, they got essentially all of their big, uh, their big players back. Alex Arians uh, is was really good for them. Douglas Wilson. Um, and then Matt Detlinger, who uh, I'm going to be fully transparent. I did not watch any South Dakota State last year. But looking up. How dare stuff, you? They they shoot the hell out of the ball. And so does Alabama. I think they, if not, if they don't even upset, just make it a game. And it's going to be one of those games where you want to watch because it's going to be 95 to 90 at the right. end. Right. So You're not actually pitching it, right? My upset is South Dakota State. What? Why? Why would you do yeah. that? Why would you, you know do what? that? No, I am awesome. out. Give me, I am out. <laughs> give me the jackrabbits. I'll take it. I'll take a little pony keg. I'm you here for it. Too much <laughs> IPAs. Hey, keg. Matt is give thirsty. me the pony keg. Matt is a and thirsty man. <laughs> this thirsty. is not a gambling podcast, but if it was, but it's not. But if it was, I would say hammer the over on anything in that game. I would. I would have hey, said back the Brinks check. Uh, Brinks will truck up. I would take all the kegs until you kind of omitted that part about how horrific their three-point defense was, which well, is kind of what fun. Alabama does. But, hey, mediocre. But, yeah. no, give me the pony keg. No, I'm guys. here for it. Because Alabama is – you know, we talked about this in the pre-show a little bit with some of these unique football offenses. Alabama plays a very unique basketball offense, which if the pieces are right is deadly. But if you get a wrong piece, you get a square peg and a round hole – you can shoot yourself out of a game. I'm not that familiar with Alabama's ro- roster, but I know there's some turnover early season. I love the Jackrabbits. Hammer it in. Beep, beep, beep. That's my pony keg here for a party. Let's go. tap no, that beat. No, no, no. Kyle, no, what do we think? No. Uh, Come I was on, just, Kyle. Uh, package deal. We'll do a package well, yeah. deal like uh, Mr. That's Wonderful. Right. I'll give you a two-for-one right. case. Yes. Two-for-one. Mm. I don't know, Dow. I don't know shot. if I can buy that. Let me Bogo. So you go pony keg. I'm gonna go with a uh, just give me like a sixer or something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. That. All right. Hey, hey, nothing wrong with this. You guys are sleeping on JD Davis and Javon Quinter. <laughs> oh no, I'm James not. Shackleford. Like, come on, guys. Like Bama's the second best team in the SEC, but it, this game just it's a South yeah. Dakota State. 
You're just hating on the Jackrabbits for no reason. No, I'm not hating. I'm just hyping up the Crimson Tide for what they're worth. Like, they have a good team. And, like, I like how this is whatever, whatever. This is no uh, also the Auburn, yet been full of Orlando Magic and (laughs) Nate Oates bias. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, let me tell you, I've been like, not even Nate Oates. Orlando I think Nate, Nate Oates twice, like, you know, at one point I entertained, like, if Cal retired, you know, Nate Oates should get the call. But I was like, nah, he, he shouldn't. Because... Well, I definitely need him to lose to the Jackrabbits then. Well, like, no, I mean, like, here's the thing. If Cal retires and Nate Oates gets the call, that's, like, when they brought in Hal Mummy to do the air raid offense. You know, like, it's just not exactly what it what we need yeah. it. You know, like, we need more more than that. So, um, anyways – I think J.D. Davidson is too you're, good. Getting, you're just getting left off the Jackrabbits train. Is what Apparently I, mean. I am. But uh, Kyle, this is going to be ring doorbell for you. When yeah. we cash out for a billion, we're going to be like, hey, remember that time you we're didn't buy a ring doorbell? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and we're Kyle, over here for your, for your Shark Tank upset, I am out. Um, I just think Jabari Smith is is too right. good to to lose that early. I hear you. So let me I let mean, me tell you though I just I looked it up and Auburn is only a 15 and a half point favorite in that game. So I get it. Like that's pretty low for uh, I get it. I get it. That. I think there's a lot of questions around Auburn. They're still preseason yeah. top 25. You know like we're we're talking right. about top 25 teams that are getting upset. I'm thinking like and you can get you know, tickets like, to that game for as low as eight dollars. If way. you had, if somebody had sold like said pitch like Vandy, like who does Vandy play this week? I don't even know. Like if someone pitched Vandy getting upset this week, I'd I'd buy like four kegs I of that. You. you know, I but you. like you're going with some household names of you know like Javon Quinterly and Namari Burnett and you know like Jabari Smith. Man, I just Namari Burnett's out. Is he out? He's out for the season. Oh, I didn't even recognize that. Dang. Well, either way, I still think I'm still high on them. Jaden Shackelford is still a great player. I just couldn't believe how high that Bama player went in the draft this year. Like I did not see that coming at all. Yeah, Josh Primo, that was a little that was a little that was a little sus. <laughs> yeah, a little sus, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so let's uh let's move on. That's our Shark Tank upsets of the week. Kyle, why don't you go ahead and take over recruiting as we're wrapping up this pod? Yeah. We're getting closer to the end. All right, let's do it. Um so I guess the big news uh, yesterday was uh, Kaysan Wallace out of Texas, um, physical, uh, 6'5", 6'6". Is that right, guys? Yeah. 6'5", 6'6", physical guard, uh, two-way, just like, you know. So he commits to Kentucky, um, you know, a two-way guy, can defend, can get to the rim, can drive, can pull up. Um, basically do whatever you need him to do on the court. Um, he had the coldest commitment video I think I've ever seen yeah, in my life. Yeah. That, so was, that was wild. He's the Avatar guy. And I mean, I've never even seen Avatar, to be honest with you guys. Well, you're but too old for that. Sorry, I'm too man. old. Yeah, yeah. It's just I was into other things when Avatar came out. So I mean, I was in elementary just, school when it came out. So right. it was, I was the prime target. You know, that was a great – that was an awesome video, though, even if I didn't know what in the world it was, like, <laughs> you know, talking about. But – um. I mean, looking at like I'm on two uh, 24/7 sports and looking at the top, you know, like let's say the top 15, we got Shaden Sharp, mm-hmm. Derek Lively, Amari Bailey, Keontae George, Derek Whitehead, Chris Livingston, Kaysen Wallace, Kyle Filip- Filipowski, Nick Smith, Johan Torre, or Troy, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. He's 100% locked right. to Memphis, but um, yeah, you know, we'll see about Memphis. Brandon Miller. Vince, I'm not even going to pronounce his last name, try to, for USC. Therese Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Diore Johnson, 
um, and Julian Phillips. Like, that's the top 15. Just beyond that, you have Mark Mitchell and mm-hmm. Sky Clark. And give me yeah. uh, give me your hottest take about the, you know, like who is going to be the, let's say, who's going to be the biggest bust of this recruiting class? Negative on us here? Of 22 or this, this current you. team? <laughs> <laughs> Ding! <laughs> You guys are mean. I'm defending Devin Askey from now on. <laughs> what? You said that every time and then you back keep door. You can back into comments. And I know. Like, nah, passive aggressive. Hey, yeah. hey. Devin yeah, Askey did nothing wrong. I mean, he's just the greatest player in Texas football history. Hey, yeah, I mean, you can blame Beard for that, man. Yeah, I'm just quoting know, Beard. That's all it. I'm doing there. <laughs> so just, he's one of the all-time Texas greats next to Kevin Durant. Did he hit you with the uh, quote? Me. The most bizarre. That's the most bizarre Quote I've heard it was from a coach. Surreal. Like in the we last need to stop years. talking about Devin Askey. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. We can move on. We can move All on. Right. So, Devin Askey podcast. Give me, uh, give me your biggest bust. Uh, yeah, twenty twenty two. Give me, class? give me your okay. hottest take. Your biggest bust. Like who is not going to live up to the hype? And ahead, it happens Dal. every Dal year. Fire on it. Imani Bates. I know he's not 2022. I just think he's going to be. <laughs> Dude, his measurements really make me nervous. That was he, ridiculous. He jumped like significantly. He jumped like significantly less than multiple 350 pound linemen in the NFL Combine did last year. Right. Yeah, that's why. Makes no sense. Is there going to be a far a, a further fall from grace? It, I mean, look, I don't want anything ill against the kid. I hope he has a good career, but like. He was supposed he was supposed to be the next LeBron, right? Like I remember, I remember that was coming up. I remember hearing a conversation. It was like, yeah, highest twenty four seven rank. Okay, my bad. The the highest prolific recruit since LeBron. Maybe not the yeah, best player. Yeah. I but hate, like gotta have him. I hate that yeah. it happened to him. I hate that it happened to him. Yeah, yeah you know, like why, how can you hype kids when they're in like eighth grade, man? Yeah, you have no idea what's going to happen. But do y'all remember the Cody kid? I, I don't know if, if you would, Connor, but he was like nine years old, looked like Reggie Bush. Oh, he had like vaguely, he was like one yeah. of the first YouTube viral stars. He was like a nine-year-old kid. I'll send y'all a link later. And he looked like Reggie Bush to Little League. And he he ended up having to go to community college because he like stopped growing at five five. Like he like and and I don't I mean, obviously Imani Bates is still has great size, but like to what you're talking about, the measurements don't seem to be keeping up with what other players are doing. Now you got, I mean, Kareem Watkins. I mean, look at that kid. And he's five, seven. If he, if the dude was six foot, six inches taller, I just feel sorry awesome. for him. You know, I just yeah, feel sorry like, for him. Cause it, like when you, when you peak, when you're in like 10th grade, you know, I mean, yeah. yeah. Especially so, at a national level. So my biggest bust of this class I'm going to put it on the record, Dior Johnson. I think he has been hyped up for a while. I don't think that system is going to be good for him, like Oregon. I think he should have gone pro when he could, um, and he stuck with Oregon. And I just I just don't think he's going to live up to the hype. So, I mean, like I shouldn't say biggest bust, but he's not going to live up to the potential that everyone hyped him around to be. Ooh, I love Dior Johnson. Oh, man. I think he's going to – I do think that it'll be interesting to see how he fits in at Oregon. Because Oregon's – like, Oregon has a really good class coming in this year. Like, they should be – they kind of, like, reloaded. They should be good this yeah. year. So, it will be interesting to see how he fits in. But, man, he's so fun to watch. I I hope that you are wrong. Um, oh, I hope I'm wrong, too. I just – you have to pick a name on this list. True. And I'm looking at this, and, like, 
I could you could make a case for Kyle Filipowski just because he's going to be living in Derek Lively's shadow. Um, but like I wouldn't say that's a bust. You know, if you're getting outplayed by the number two player on your team, like the number the number one player on your team and the number two player in the country, that's not a bust. That's like saying like Chris Livingston or Casey Wallace yeah. would be a bust. Like you just can't do that. Um, I mean, there's there's a case to be made for Nick Smith um, because like he's at the same level as Casey Wallace is. Casey Wallace is going to be the third best player on Kentucky next year. Nick Smith's got to be the number one guy. Like if he doesn't live up to that hype, that's going to be tough, you know? So um, it, it is hard to compare recruiting when you're a Kentucky fan, because we have unrealistic expectations. Um, but I think Dior Johnson, I mean, like you look at who else does uh, Oregon think, have where if I'm going to, I want, if I like, I can see Oregon's class as a whole, being a little bit of a disappointment considering yeah. they have two guys that are in the top like 20 essentially i yeah. can see them coming in and not producing especially in year one just because they will have a bunch of upperclassmen um i have a buddy in like a group chat that i'm in that is a big oregon fan and always talks them up and he's super pumped about their like 2022 class and i keep trying to be like man like you just don't need them to come in and be everything that they're going to be. So he seems to be hyping them up a little too much. So I could see them as a whole class, like disappointing relative to expectations. Yeah. Anybody so else? I have a quick, I have a quick diamond in the rough and this is a gut feeling, but I think he's going to have like the anti Imani Bates situation. So about three or four years ago, I like to just peruse through these names and just see what I can find. There was a kid who at the time was the, I think he was like a freshman in high school. He was ranked like the number one or number two center, which is really hard to tell for a freshman kid if you're going to be a good big. The kid ended up falling to like the late 100s or like the 100s in total. He's going to Vandy. His name is Lee Dort. There was a time he was ranked yeah. higher than the Hatfield kid going to Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just started plummeting. Yeah, I, I think I he's the type Kentucky. of kid. Yeah, I think he'd be the type of kid that it's, it's not going to be a one and done situation. It's going to be like a, a Festus Azili's type of situation. But I do think um, three or four years down the road, there's going to be a with the twenty eighth pick in the NBA draft, the Golden State Warriors are going to take Lee Dort, and I'll be like, mm, my guy. And <laughs> I, I, just, I, I just gut feeling. Yeah, what he's you a, got Kyle. He's, he's right at a hundred right now. Dort is, but yeah, I remember looking at him um, about a year, year and a half ago. You guys have pretty much nailed everything that I was gonna that I could say about that. I mean, as far as somebody, I mean, I could see Filipowski just because I don't, you know, who knows how how what Shire's gonna do overall. Yeah, I mean, when you look at when you have new a new coach, um, you know. How is he going to run his offense? Is he going to do the same thing Kay does and isolate and things like that? And, you know, all that kind of stuff. And how is yeah. he, how is he going to be able to, you know, hold up um, overall? I mean, honestly, I think all the UK guys are, I'm in love with them. I love them. I love those. I love these four guys. Um, I'm not going to go with anybody there. So, yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much have covered it. Sweet. All right. Let's move on to our player of the week predictions. Um, so typically in this section, we'll actually tell us, like say who the player of the week was from the previous week. Like we'll just go through the games, who played the best, who was the most standout. Um, 
But in this case, where we didn't have games, we're not going to do an exhibition player of the weeks. We're going to give our predictions for this upcoming week. So I'll kick us off. And I'm going to say it, Marcus Carr, man, I think he's going to have like a 20 and like eight game, like 20, 20 points, eight assists, maybe like maybe a couple boards here. But I, I really, I mean, he's going to have a like his efficiency is going to be great. But I think Texas is going to lean on him a lot in their first part of the season uh, for scoring and, and finding buckets because he can get them you know, from anywhere. So uh, mm-hmm. I think, I think he's going to lead, you know, the upset for Gonzaga, like we talked about earlier. So yeah, give me Marcus Carr as my player of the week prediction. My player of the week, and he will play in two games that have very little impact in the overall like scope of college basketball, but it's Antoine Davis, the, the best player for Detroit that was like, Considering going going pro, came back to play with his dad for one more season. I think he was like third or fourth in the country in scoring last year. They play Wyoming and Toledo this uh, this week, which are two teams that aren't exactly huge fans of the, the defensive side of the ball. And I think Antoine Davis, despite having Brad Calipari off the team now, I'm sure that will be <laughs> tough for him to to get uh, to get over. But I think he goes off and establishes himself as kind of a a rival to Max Abmas, the Duda Oral Roberts. Ace-mas. That yeah, that was the, the big the big yeah. scorer. I think he kind of cements his place at the top of college basketball in the scoring in the scoring race for the first week. So he's my pick. Good pick. So you heard it here first. Matt Dentlinger, South Dakota State, goes for 70 versus Alabama. Let's go. baby. I, I really want to say Chet Holmgren because, like I said, I'm buying that stock. But I maybe I'm trying to speak this. I, I'm trying to jinx the situation. But concerns that I've seen in, in the exhibition games and just the way certain kids play on big stages, especially these elite freshmen, I think it's going to be – Paulo Banchero for Duke. I think. Oh boy, I, I think he's going to fall out. Um, You're with the safe pick. It might be a bit basic, but it's the safe pick. <laughs> I mean, entire college basketball. I mean, yeah, no. And because I look, it's either going to go one or two ways. Either they do like they did in 2018, and I think he's going to be a key part of it, or we get our revenge, and he just gets a bunch of garbage buck. Either way, I think he's going to be the guy. And when I say player of the week, and I know you may say safe pick, I'm saying 35 plus points. Oof. Well, I hope you're wrong. Consider, (laughs) because here's the problem we're having, and not to bog this down as a Kentucky podcast. Is are we talking about both games he plays this week? No, I'm talking about total. The one (laughs) 35 average. I hope we're talking about 35 total, and it's like five (laughs) and against Kentucky and 30 against whoever else they play. (laughs) I don't know who they play next. Army, I think they play Army. You know, in in theory, I could because I I forget we're in basketball season, and they'll play two games before we meet again. So I I could have that. Put up 35 tomorrow. But I mean, I think there's just going to be something an elite kid, huge stage versus a huge team. And he happens to be really good at the one thing we've not shown. And I'll be honest with you, I'm fine with it, especially if we're hitting our threes, because I'll trade three for twos all day long. And that's something we've not really got to do as Kentucky fans here recently is see that. So I hope it's in a blowout and like we beat them 98 to 60 and he's got half their points. 
but I think he is going to ball out. And I think it's going to come at, we were actually talking about this in our chat about guys that play. I think that's why Cal will play more than eight or nine guys, because I think whoever he puts in at that four will get abused quite often. Yeah. I mean, K is going to give him an opportunity to get 35. There's no doubt about that. So, you know, he's going to feed him. Yeah. That's what, what got, K, that's what K does. He rides, he rides his horses. Um, so I'm going to go with um, kind of a, I guess maybe you could call it a safe pick, but I'm going to take uh, David McCormick at Kansas. I think he's going to come back. He's going to dominate this year. I am um, not sold on him yet. Like really? No, okay. I just think he had to, he had to carry the team on his back last year. And I think like yeah. that pressure was too much on him. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm not sold on him. I'm not sold on Kansas in general. I think I think right. you, we should swap Kansas and Purdue in the rankings. Like personally, I think Purdue is like I think they're just a better team. But um, yeah. but yeah, I think I mean David McCormack like was fine last year. I just don't think he's gonna. I'm just not I, sold. I on think him yet. I just think he's gonna have a big week. So I'm gonna pick him. I think he's gonna he's gonna put a hurting on Michigan State. That um, I could see. I could definitely yeah. see that for sure. Yeah, I'll buy the I'll buy a pint of that at least. All right, there you go. Yeah, so I'm going to take McCormick. We'll see how that goes. All right. All right, so now let's move on to the fan corner. I'm pulling my phone out. You have a minute. It's say what you want about your favorite team, which we can all assume at this point is uh, Gonzaga with Chet Holmgren, the way you're talking about South it right Dakota now. State. <laughs> <laughs> all right, starting now. No, so I'm gonna give a quick hot take, and and I hope I'm wrong on this one. But as Kentucky fans, we've uh, we've had some times with guys who didn't ball out in college, but balled out in the NBA. And I think you're going to see that with Damian Collins. If you look at Damian Collins, he does everything really well. He plays above the rim amazingly. He can shoot three at a pretty good rate, and he can even bring the ball up a little bit. The problem is he's really good at all of it, but he's not our best at any of it. You know, we got better bigs, we got better shooters, we got better ball handlers. So I'm afraid he's going to get lost in the shuffle this year. But in five or six years, when he's playing for the Atlanta Hawks, and I probably think that because they already have another Collins, but when he's playing for a, an NBA team and he looks like Kevin Durant because he's 6'9", 6'10", he can shoot, bring the ball up and dunk on everybody, a la Bam uh, Abadio, but a bunch uh, much smaller, I think everybody's going to be like, well, Cal, let that one get away. But it's not really going to be Cal's fault. It's just going to be he's – Right now, he's a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, but I think it's going to translate amazingly to the NBA. Nice. Great timing. All right, who wants to go next? Al, Kyle, which one do you guys want to go? I'll go ahead, and I'm going to go with um, what I want to talk about. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go. All right. Uh, I'm on my hot take right now, and I mentioned this earlier today, um, I think with you guys is Jacob T- Jacob Toppin has more has a bigger chance. How did I phrase it? Has a bigger chance of kind of having his breakout season this year than Keon Brooks does. I think you've got Keon. I love him. Um, you know he can he can show flashes at times, but that's basically all he's done to this point is show flashes. He's very inconsistent. You know, he can make four threes one game, and then he'll hit, he can't make one for five games, you know. And then he won't get down and rebound. He, you know, his motor is off and on at times. I think Toppin is my is, is my guy I'm rolling with this year. I think he's going to 
you know, he could possibly vault himself into a fringe lottery pick this year. And even today, I think, I can't remember if it was, I didn't even see Cal say this today until after, I think I had said that to you guys earlier today, but Cal seems to really be hyping, topping up also. He said, you know, he said he's been looking great, um, you know, just coming back to practice after a short time of being out. Um, so I think that, and Cal doesn't put that out there for no reason. So yeah, I think, I think he's kind of telling us, giving us a little hint that Toppin, you know, is showing him some things. And I think he's going to show him some things in his brother's, uh, you know, home arena, uh, tomorrow Agreed. night. Agreed. All right, Dal, you're up. Ready? Three, two, one. All right. Wake Forest will not be very good this year. Still in a, still in a, still in a rebuild. But, We've been talking but, for two hours, and Wake Forest finally comes yes, up. Sir. Beautiful. But Go ahead. They have two white dudes in the backcourt that are going to be annoying as hell. One of them is Carter Witt, who has super long blonde hair and is going to be the Willie Colley-Stein of this year, where every single broadcast, they're going to be like, he was at prom this time last year, and it's going to be like <laughs> – the equivalent of the Willie Colley Stein played football. It's going to be everything they say. We have Cam Hildreth, who's a British dude that is like British Luca was his comp, and he's coming over. Uh, he's going to be just annoying as hell. And then the actual guy I want to talk about is Jake Laravia, who's a junior that transferred in from Indiana State. Is like should actually be getting NBA buzz because he's like a do it all forward. They will be a very fun team this year. All right, I dig it. We hear we heard somebody something else besides Kentucky stuff. So taking us back to Kentucky stuff, I'm gonna kick us off or you know wrap us up here. All right, Miles College is the best shooting team I've ever seen in my life. Like I've like, have you ever seen a team come out and shoot 11 for 15 and one half? Like this is absolutely ridiculous. So like, I think everybody that's like, oh, Duke is gonna wax us, blah 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 blah. Like they can shove it, like. That is Duke is not coming out and shooting 15 threes and a half, and they are not making 11 of them, you know, like let alone like shooting 30 threes in a game. I just don't see that. Um, so the, my hottest take is I really think like Mark Mitchell or, or Mark Williams, not Mark Mitchell, Mark Williams is going to look like an All-American tomorrow night because I think the focus is going to be so much on Paulo Bancaro that – that are that our fours and, and Oscar are going to look at, you know, like, let's just shut Paulo down and, you know, let Mark Williams beat us. And I think that's going to be the game plan. So that's, and Ty Ty, give me Ty Ty with like 20 and it's the MVP. That is my fan corner minute. We are moving on. Save your hottest takes for next week for your fan corner after uh, I'm sure is going to be an overreaction. Just type it in your notes tomorrow night, you know, like uh, uh, like 12 o'clock. Just type it in your notes and we'll talk about it you know, next week. But moving on to the last segment here, mid-major madness. So for our listeners, each of us are going to pick a mid-major team. From the mid-major top 25, Gonzaga is off limits, unfortunately, for Matthew, that Gonzaga is off limits because we know how he feels about Chet Holgram. Um, so each week we're going to check in our – And Devin Askew. Yeah, he's not on a mid-major, buddy. Uh, but I'm just saying week... I'm supporting, not positioning <laughs> out hate because he doesn't play know, for the Magic or Nate each... Each week, we're going to check in on our teams and determine who is in the lead based on their record, based on strength of schedule, all of that. Um, so 
the team with the the best record or goes furthest in the NCAA tournament, not the NIT, but the actual March Madness tournament. Everyone's going to pitch in some money, and we're going to get a shirt from that school for that for the season. Like I think that's fair. We could do that, but we also have a fan fan team. So our listeners are going to be able to pick a team. We're going to put a poll up. You guys could pick from either Iona. From the late great, not the late, but the great Rick Patino. Um, you can pick High Point and support Tubby. San Francisco is making some, you know, some rumblings there in Ken Palm. Uh, what, what were they like? Thirty-four is what you said they were. Yeah, there, there was something where they would be a tournament team right now. Yeah, like they, they, they have a chance to make a tournament. And then let's just go with Sister Jean and Loyola Chicago, like how could you not like Loyola Chicago? Like Cameron Crutwig just took Kofi Coburn to school last year. So um, our fans, our listeners, you have the opportunity to vote on which team that you guys get to get to check in on each week for a mid-major madness. Um, I am personally picking Buffalo. I'm going with the program that NATO's built, and I'm going to see like how far they can go this year. Um, Dal, who are you picking? Uh, so I have a buddy, shout out uh, my friend Julian in uh, Charlotte, but he is a is a Richmond Spider uh, alum, and so I'm on the the Richmond Spider bandwagon. Jacob Gilliard is their senior point guard that came back uh, for his like super senior year, and will probably end up breaking the all time steals record this year, which is the big thing that I'm on the lookout for. He's like a five six like water bug that gets three steals a game. Uh, How many so- steals did he get against us last year? I think it was only like two or three. Really? All the um, they manhandled us. So that's all I know. Yeah, they did. But uh, but yeah, so Richmond is my team. Roll Spides. <laughs> Who you got, Kyle? Roll Spides. I'm taking um, Mark Pope and the BYU Cougars, Oof. guys. Um, is that just because you're old, so you're a Cougar? It's because I'm old, Exactly. <laughs> I'm all it's about also the because you you watch Mark Pope live, right? Yeah. I watched. I'm the only one on this <laughs> podcast that watched Mark Pope actually play basketball. If you can believe that. So he's got his team playing scrappy, just like he did with the beautiful form on the free throws and the taking charges and all that kind of stuff. So he's got a scrappy little bunch of Cougars um, out there. So I'm going to follow him and. We'll see how he does. Maybe who knows? Maybe one day he's the next UK basketball coach. You never know. So that'd be wild. That'd be keep wild. Tabs on him. Yeah. All right, Matt. Who do you got? Your mid major. All right. You know, I'm back in uh, these elite freshmen. I think talent, especially in basketball, where one player can make such a difference. I, I think you, if you get a chance to have an elite guy, that just can't be understated. So I'm going to uh, take uh, UW University of Wisconsin Milwaukee. I believe is the official name. Yeah. Uh, we got Patrick Baldwin out there decided to play for his dad. EB and J. And I look at that schedule. There's a couple. Uh, I think they play Florida and then maybe Colorado. But outside of that, I mean, if he's anything of what the recruiting and, – and look, I know recruiting can be a crapshoot at times and he may be a bust. But if he's anything what he's projected to be, him alone could probably win 25 games. Um, so – I'm rolling with that that conference. I mean, they do have look like they do have Detroit in there, and I know we talked about them a little earlier with having a good player. But I am um, a little nervous, kind of what we was talking about with St. Bonaventure. That with that schedule, though, just one bad stretch. If he was to 
because I, I will say this, he does remind me a little bit about the kid who went to Howard last year who had an injury early on. He does seem like he could be in a situation where just one scary injury and he decides to call it a season um, because let's be honest, they're not competing for a title and all that. Uh, but I, that's my team I'm rolling with. I think, yeah, I think I he can it. carry them. If he can stay healthy, I think that's going to be a, a sweet 16 level team. I dig it. So just a reminder to our listeners, make sure you vote on Twitter or on uh, the Spotify page. You can vote there in the polls. You have the options of, again, Patino's Iona, Tubby's High Point, San Francisco, or Sister Jane's Loyola, Chicago. Um, those are your teams that you could vote for. So as we're wrapping up, let's go real quick. Kansas versus Michigan State tomorrow night. Score predictions. Um and give me your player of the game. I unfortunately won't be watching that game. I play pickup ball on Tuesday night, so I'm making mm. it back as soon. Like at nine o'clock, I'm done. I'm out of the gym. I'm sh- I'm showering and getting ready for Kentucky game. So subtle flex. Who, by who's Connor? your player comp, Connor? My player comp. Oh man, everyone says this, and like I hate it, but it's JJ Redick, man. It's give me like three and D, like. Yeah, like it's the white, the standard white boy. Like that's how it play. But JJ it, it is Curry. He's Aisha. No man, like it's straight up. Like I will hang out on the three point. You know, I'll hang on the perimeter. I'll make it. The only way I make a dude like you know, like I break somebody's ankles just by pump faking. Like that's it. Like I can't do it. I don't have a handle. You know, whatever. But I will give. I will give anyone hell on defense. I could stay in front of them. I can make the tallest guy in the court. Like I could box him out for a board. I mean, there's no refs, so they can't call over the back. So like I'm kind of screwed there. But you know, it is what it is. So, but yeah, tomorrow night I got. Um, I, like I really want to pick the upset, but I just think Kansas has too much. Like I'm not. Like I said earlier, I'm not sold on David McCormick being like an amazing player for Kansas this year. I think he'll be serviceable but he's not going to be like Joel um, Embiid was for them. I think Remy Martin's going to be very good for them. And, but OG Abaji um, is, is the best player, like in the exhibition, like the dude was going off and had like 17 points in the first, you know, like you know, 10 minutes of the game or something like that. So um, he's going to be my player of the game and he's just going to eat, you know, like Michigan state's lunch. Um, I'll get Segue from what you were saying earlier, I big Pat McAfee show fan. They had J.J. Redick on there. Uh, he was talking. I actually love his story, and I, I don't have a problem with Duke, but I like him a little bit more just based on the way he seems as a person. has a podcast I might check out of his own. His podcast but, is awesome. Yeah, his is, podcast uh, is awesome. May have to definitely check that out. Um, look, I, I think it's going to be – I'm going Kansas. I do think it'll be close. I think just to despite all of us, because this is how it works, it's going to overtime. I say Kansas wins 78-72. Remy Martin will be the MVP. Man, I was up in Indianapolis when that Kansas-Michigan State game went to overtime, and then we Duke beat us by 40,000 points. That was the worst night. Driving back through the middle of Indiana at 1 o'clock. I left the Duke-Kentucky game early, like 10 minutes to go in the second half. Don't blame me for that one. Yeah, driving back in the middle of Indiana in the darkness – Oh, it's the worst night of my life. So I'm praying for no overtime tomorrow night like that. So, but um, I'm going to go with Kansas too. I got to ride with McCormick. Uh, like I said, I'm going to say 75, 68 um, Kansas, and we'll see what happens. All right, Dow, what you got? Uh, despite wanting to say that Kansas is going to have a 
a letdown because they're looking ahead to Tarleton State and the Fighting Billy G's, who they play on Friday. Um, I think that this is, I think, the first time in Champions uh, Classic like history where one of the teams isn't ranked. Yeah, Michigan State's um, yeah. not ranked. They're and in just, the they're the receiving votes, but yeah, they're not ranked this year. Yeah, yeah they're together is though. They're twenty two on Ken Palm. I just like don't know if that I just don't think they have the horses to hang with Kansas. I think it'll be close, but just um one of those games that kind of yeah, just like Kansas pulls away at the end just because they have more in the tank. I'm gonna go a little bit low scoring. Um and I'll go I'll go sixty six sixty one. Uh Kansas. I dig it. I dig it. I didn't give my actual score. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say 75, 64 Kansas. I just don't think like, I think that 64 is going to be like some garbage time points too. Like, I just think Remy Martin and Abaji are just going to, they're just going to feast. Like they really are. And McCormick's going to get his. Um, I just think Kansas has too many Jimmy and Joe's for, um, for Michigan State's lack of Jimmy and Joe. So no matter what Izzo draws up, I just don't think it's going to be great. Um, I, I went to look at Michigan State's roster today to give a you know more detailed description. And like, I don't, I don't know any of these players. Yeah. Like all the best ones left in the draft last year. Um, even if he had a Monty Bates, I'd still I wouldn't love this this score. You know, so I yeah, I just not I'm just not sold on this. So all right, Matt, Matt what was your score on that? You had Kansas. Uh, I think it's 7872. Oh, that was yours, Kyle. Well, what was yeah. it? 7872. 7872. Yeah. In overtime. In overtime. Oh, God. I hope you're wrong. I hope you're wrong. It's going to be, be ugly. I think like halftime is going to be like 24 26. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be ugly. I, I hope you're wrong for all the reasons. All right. So <laughs> the time that we've been waiting for Duke versus Kentucky, number 10, Kentucky versus number nine, Duke. Give me your final score. Give me your predictions um, for how the game will go. Give me your player of the game. Um, I think this is going to be like running on ice. It'll be like, it'll remind me a lot of that 2000, and I guess technically it was 16, but it was the 17 tournament. The UNC Kentucky game in Vegas where it felt like first to 100 wins. Um, I just think... It's they're going to be able to do whatever they want down low. I think we're going to get hot from the three. My final score will be 102.98 us or Kentucky. I guess I should say that 102.98. Player of the game, I think it's going to look like Ty Washington, but I think that's the easy one. But I think honestly, even though I did, I am still riding with they're going to be doing be able to do a lot down low and. Uh, Banchero is going to have such a good game. I think the true player of the game will be Oscar Swebe, and we will because he will actually. I think he'll be motivated. He'll be on that 2020 mindset that he wanted, that 20 points, 20 rebounds every game. And I think we will see why Cal rode with him over entertaining the thoughts of Coffee Coburn. And I think we'll. We're, I just think Oscar Swebe is going to have a game where he's going to put up uh, amazing numbers tomorrow night, and then against Robert Morris on Friday, just disappear. I think that's the type of player he's going to be. The bigger the name, the bigger the lights, the bigger the Oscar we get. And I think he's going to be huge tomorrow night. 102.98.
Wow. Okay, man. I'm, predicting I'm all for the it. Longest night of all time. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be at work. Like, <laughs> if you're going overtime in the first one in 108.90 or 102.98, we're gonna be up to like three in the morning. Uh, oh yeah. I was thinking about two thirty. <laughs> do you remember that Utah game that we played Utah in Vegas, yeah. and it was yeah, like yeah. the the tip off was yeah. like 11:30. Yep. Uh, so go, go back to 2013 when we played the play in Dallas. We played the duo with the women's team and it oh, was like the Baylor five overtime. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be it. We stayed up late for nothing on those nights, yeah. We did. Oh, yeah. uh, that's my fear is that everything I said is gonna come true, but the <laughs> score is gonna be flipped. Nah, nah, and nah. we're gonna be staying up for nothing. All right, again. Kyle. But, give me your Kentucky versus Duke prediction. All right, you know. It's conflicting because I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't really have any good feel on this game. Um, I think anything could happen. I think Duke could win by 20. We could win by 20. UK could win by 20. It could be a tight game, you know. So I think it's going to come down to our guard play. Um, I think Grady and Wheeler and Ty Ty are all going to be big. I think, like I said, Toppin's going to have a big game. Um, it's going to be kind of a team effort. I think Oscar – is going to run into foul trouble. It's just I don't think there's any way around it um, with this being Kay's last game. Um, and William, you have Williams and Banchero to deal with down there. So um, I think we're going to have to piece it together. I think, you know, somebody like even Ware, um, somebody like Collins, if he can come in and get a couple blocks and just kind of hold his own a little bit. Um, Brooks needs to play a big game. He needs to show up for this game and have his motor and be a leader out there. Um, but also, like I said, I think Toppin's going to come out and, uh, kind of put on a show, kind of like what he did down at Tennessee last year, you know, just yeah. dunks, pull up jumpers, whatever. Um, overall, I'm going to pick Ty Ty as the player of the game, kind of like Maxie a couple years ago. Um, but I think it's going to be a pretty good team effort. I think you could almost pick any of the three guards. I think Wheeler, Ty Ty and Grady all have to be big. And so if Kentucky's going to win. Um, it's going to be one of those guys, but I'll go ahead and say Ty Ty with about 21 points. Um, Kentucky wins 78-71. What you got, Dell? Okay, so I don't have a great feeling about it. That might just be because I was at the Tennessee-Kentucky football game and my <laughs> my optimism. We don't want history to repeat itself from uh, three years ago. My optimism isn't at full tilt, but I think that the game, like you all said, I mean, this isn't any like groundbreaking analysis, but I think it comes down to if our guard play and our three point shooting can outweigh their post presence. I think that I I honestly think Oscar ends up matching up on Paolo. I think that we put whoever is playing that four spot on Mark Williams, who I know Connor, you said, you think we're going to make him look really good. I just don't think he's that good, especially like oh, after. Her. I don't think he's that good either. I just think we're going to make him look good. But. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, like, I think as long as our three-point shooting can outweigh their post play, it's a game that goes in our favor. It's something that Kentucky fans have seen for years, like previously, where another team's three-point shooting outweighs anything that we can do in the post. Um, so my MVP pick is actually Davion Mintz. Cause I think of the guards, I think he is one of those guys that we saw hit big shots last year. This is going to be his first real big moment that he gets to play in a Kentucky uniform. 
in front of a bunch of fans. I think he's our MVP. I think he comes out and hits, you know, five or six threes and has a 20-point game uh, and score. I think it'll be – I mean, I think that Kentucky has some real defensive problems um, that we kind of saw against Miles College uh, kind of kind of play out. I'm going to go – I'll go 86-83 Kentucky. That's a good yeah. call on Mintz, Dow. I totally left him yeah. out earlier when I was naming the guards. It's there, we have so many of them. It's just it's hard to forget Mince, but Mince is going to be have all the motivation in the world. So and and he's yeah. and he's that guy that's going to be the like six man scorer off the bench. Yep. Um, yeah. to shout out another Kentucky guy like Tyler Hero is like absolutely cooking this year in the league in that like yeah. kind of like super sub guy that comes off the bench and provides a scoring punch. I think that's kind of the role Mince is going to play, and especially in uh, the game on. Yeah, Mince Mince is tough. I love him. He can sneak. He's he'll sneak up on you too. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I really hope you're right because in that Miles College game, and I have no clue what was the whole situation, but he he sat on the bench for a good minute. He did not look happy. And when they would go to like timeouts on the stuff, aside, like players were giving him like the tap on the head, like it'll be okay, bro, type thing, like keep your head up. And then he just comes in randomly, so like the idea of injury was kind of out the window. Yeah. And, I, not against him personally, but I think players typically respond to that one or two ways. Either they check out, and I don't know if we'll get anything out of him, or he's going to ball out and show us, no, this is our guy. And with him being the way he is, the way he played last year, and being the veteran, like yep. what is his eighth year, he's, he's at Hogwarts, I think I completely agree. I think this would be huge for him to just come in and hit three or four straight threes and just be like, I, love it. I can come off the bench, but you still got to respect this. Yeah, I don't, I mean, like, I, I think everything we saw in that exhibition was just like throw it out the window, man. Like you had Collins and Ware and and Hopkins play like significant minutes in the first half, like significant minutes in the first half in a yeah. half where they were like they were just feasting from three, like the other Miles was. So like throw that exhibition yeah. out the window. And like I don't think I, I said. Um... Uh, with the in the first exhibition, I noticed it immediately. Is there is no way in hell you can play Collins, Hopkins, and Ware together? And no. Cal has done it a lot early this early in these exhibition games to try to see if any of them is going to you know produce. Just seeing, throwing you, can't, the, you can't have those three guys together at all. Yeah, so. he's just throwing to see what sticks. Uh, like I, I don't blame him. Like that's I what think he's trying to figure out what he has with new guys. He knows what he has with mints. Like he exactly. he's already touched mints. He knew he knows what he has with a lot of those, and he put he put the starters back in. You know, like second half and got that lead, and then he took them right back out and put the other yeah. guys in. Yeah, I think in this game, and he even alluded to it like uh, yesterday or day before. I can't maybe on his call his show or whatever his call in show. You know, he's going to – I think he's going to try as hard as possible to ride seven or eight guys in this game. Um, yeah, yeah. He's not going to – he doesn't – he even said today that he's going to, you know, he might put Frederick out there to run up and down a couple possessions or whatever, but probably not. You know, um, you know, he's not – you know, deep down Cal says the right stuff in public, but he wants to beat K on his first oh, game, sure. on his farewell tour. Obviously, he wants to do that. Um, you know, so he's going to ride the guys that are hot. And so between those four guards, whoever gets hot, he's going to ride them, you know, all the way to the buzzer, you know. Yeah. So hopefully Oscar stays out of foul trouble and can and can produce and be have a huge game, go for 15 and 15 or something. And, um, you know, hopefully we can, uh, you know, start Duke K's or 
Kay's uh, farewell tour off right, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, so I'm going to say I'm going with it. I'm being a homer. I'm going to say do it, Ken- Kentucky 84, Duke 79. Like, it's going to be high scoring. It's yeah. going to be ugly. Like, Kentucky's not going to get any calls in their favor, and nothing is going to go in their favor. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right, Dal. I think Mintz, like, I remember in Auburn, in the Auburn game last year, I think it was at Rupp. Like, Mintz in the first four minutes, like, hit four threes, just, like, had the green light to shoot whenever. Um, but Yeah, I think he hit six in the first half or something. Yeah, it was something. He went he went off. Like, Mintz is going to be that six-man, like, just bucket off the bench, and I'm here for it. But I'm going to say that Ty Ty is the one that makes this team go. I think, like, there was a renewed energy when he committed – um, and everybody had good vibes about this season as soon as he committed. So, like, Severe is going to absolutely eat. Um, he's going to take, you know, I don't even know who's going to start, like, Roach, Jeremy Roach, or I don't yeah, know. Roach and Keels. And, like, yeah. I don't know who who's going to – what the matchup's going to be, but I think, I think that's going to be significant. Um, I am concerned about um, – Kellen Grady's defense you watch you I went back and watched the Miles game like like an hour or two after it ended and those first like that first maybe three or four threes all three of them were uh, over Kellen Grady and it was not like he it just he had he didn't have good closeout so hopefully they went and saw the film it's like hey you can't just stand there and then close out like you need to be on them when the ball's being caught but uh yeah I'm gonna say Kentucky um eight what I say 84 84, 78, 79, 79, they got to stay on keels. You can't let keels go off. Yeah. I don't think he will hit 10 threes on you. I I think they're going to make somebody else. Like I said, Mark Williams is going to look amazing tomorrow night. And it's because I think all the focus is going to be on keels and Bancaro. Like, I think that's what it is. So um, is not an issue. Ty Ty cooked kills every time they played in. That's a- true. I mean, I mean, yeah. Griffin is probably the bigger issue if we're going to be honest. Um, but I mean, like, like I said, you know, if if, if kills not going to be an issue, let's put let's put Grady on him. Grady's probably our worst defender in our starting lineup. Um, and I think Toppin's going to get the start. I think he's gonna he's gonna be the one to match up with Paolo on the perimeter because I know Coach K is going to try and get Paolo cooking from three early. I think, um, I think, yeah, I think Topic could really, really do, really make a name for himself tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, so there. So as soon as uh, Paulo's shot doesn't fall, uh, Kay's going to try and get him paints in the uh, points in the paint, and that's where Oscar is going to potentially run into foul trouble, or he's going to make a name for himself as all American that he could be. So, um, with that said. We're going to wrap this thing up because we're already way over the amount of time I decided that I wanted to do. But, you know, it's the inaugural episode. We had to explain a lot of things. We had to have a good time on the first one. Got we're a lot try to say, boys. Yeah, we're uh, we have uh, we're going to try to keep this to an hour weekly going forward. But we just had so much to cover in this inaugural episode. Good luck so, editing, Connor. Yeah, it's, I'm honestly just going to cut it and go like you know just let it go raw and uncut and just post it yeah (laughs) i I added the the intro music and that'd be it so with that said um tell us where we can find your work your social media again just remind us you can find me at connor j caldwell it's c-o-n-n-e-r not o-r don't make that mistake c-o-n-n-e-r-j caldwell at um that's on twitter and instagram where can we find you matt big blue breakdown maybe don't just add me don't don't (laughs) Don't make a big deal out of it. All right, Kyle. 
you can find me on Twitter at uh, UK Fan Kyle. Sweet. Dow? I'm uh, at do underscore well Harmon on Twitter. I have Instagram too if you want to follow me there on post. Yeah, sounds um, good. Yeah, sounds good. All right. So thank you guys for joining me tonight. And uh, let's let's have a fun season. Like I'm ready for this. And yeah, let's get, drink some good beer and watch some good buckets. I'm just glad college basketball as we knew it two years ago is back. Oh yeah. I'm That's so thankful say. that it's back. Full arenas. I'm ready for Rub to explode. So yeah. Let's do it. <laughs>